You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Lot happening in the Karen Reed, free Karen Reed. So we're back live tonight, maybe taking your phone calls. Hopefully, hopefully going to get some calls because there was a big event last night uh, with Nick Rocco and Turtle Boy in uh, Taunton at the drive-in. A lot of money was raised for a free Karen Reed. If you want to donate, freekarenreed.net. Very happy about the last show that we were able to raise some money for the free Karen Reed uh, defense fund. That was awesome to see. Thank you so much to everyone that donated, for people who have been supporting our show, but also especially supporting Karen Reed. We're going to talk about that tonight and get into it. You can see the billboard. There's one billboard up right now. Uh, Foxborough, I think it's Route 1 South, South, where you watch the uh, New England Patriots games. New billboard is up, free Karen Reed. Hope everyone checks it out. Uh, some others are going to be going up as well. Maybe we might hear from Nick Rocco tonight. We're going to try to turn on the phone lines in a few minutes. Not quite yet. Uh, and maybe take some of your phone calls tonight too. So we'll we'll put that number up in a little bit. But uh I really love what's happening, uh, but I'm still concerned because the state is going forward with this case. Uh, we're going to be playing some of the videos tonight. We're going to be talking all about it. Maybe we'll hear some from some effing random citizens from Canton again. They are the best. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we hear from some, some folks. But this this week, just yesterday, was the court hearing. And here's Karen Reed walking out of the courthouse. I love to see this. She's got a hand over her heart. Like, bless you. Like, definitely you could see a lot of confidence in her at this hearing. And I think it has a lot to do with all the people that have been showing up and all the people who've been fundraising for her and showing support. So really a good thing to see her in good spirits at this hearing yesterday. I wish I could have gone, but uh, a lot of my friends were there, my new friends, and uh, it sounded like it was a really a good hearing in terms of who showed up. Uh, one of the things we definitely want to play tonight is this. There's a uh, Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy got some good content yesterday. Uh, we're going to play definitely the video where he goes after the uh, state police Bukaki guy. And also this one. This was great. The pre-court rally before court. Karen Reed's father grabbed the me megaphone from Turtle Boy and said, Karen is innocent. And uh, we're going to play that video tonight as well. So we've got a lot to get into. And we may have some fun too. Who knows? I mean, you know, like probably have some fun playing this video. <laughs> this is another Turtle Boy video from yesterday. Escorting the trooper. Uh, what's his name? Yuri Bukinik. We call him, I don't know, <laughs> Bukaki. The B, the B guy. He uh, walked him back to his car. Bukaki didn't have much to say, but I, I thought that was great. Just desserts for this guy who tried to, uh, with Michael Proctor, set Turtle Boy up, investigate Turtle Boy for a crime he didn't commit. And then there was this guy, this this joker, <laughs> the Unabomber showed up, trying to show people pornography and videos and try to convince people. I mean, what a joker. I mean, we could talk about him. <laughs> Oh, man, we had some fun on Twitter. If you want to know about this creature, you can check out our Twitter at the Young Jerks. 
Ted Kaczynski. The, actually, this is one of the comments from Twitter. We everyone's been calling him like, look, the Unabomber showed up, the Ted Kaczynski, and then this was one of the best comments. There's so many good comments, but that's offensive to Ted Kaczynski. She's definitely got a point on that one. So we're gonna be we're gonna be doing all that tonight. Um and reading your comments and, and taking your donations. If you have if you're gonna make a donation tonight, uh you know how to do it. Cash app, Mike Crawford one. I really appreciate all the support and donations we've been getting. Uh, we're gonna read off some of the donor messages from the last show, and hopefully tonight too. Hopefully, we'll get some more donations. And I really want to thank you for that. And all the uh instant feedback and comments and phone calls that we've been getting on the show lately. Uh, so let's open up. I just want to uh yeah, I just, you know, I want to play some of the court stuff tonight. But even before we get that, I want I just want to play this video of the state trooper. As we talked about this on one of our last shows here. This guy. Let's check him. Sergeant Bukaki, are you trying to are you trying to arrest me for wiretapping? Why did you pursue why were you talking about me during your whole interview? With Lucky Lawford, what have you done to follow up on the Ford Edge? What have you done? What have you done to follow up on that Ford Edge that Lucky Lawford told you about? Why did you not interview? Why did you not interview? Why did you not interview? Why did you not interview Lucky Lawford? Why did you not interview Lucky Lawford, sir, until August 10th? After. Are you are you ashamed? Sir? I mean, is this why you went to the academy to come up with punks like Michael Proctor? You're Michael Proctor's bitch. That's all you are, son. You're Michael Proctor's little bitch. You're a fucking pig. You're a disgrace. You're a fucking disgrace. And these two guys here, they know it. They're looking at you right now. I didn't mean to cut that off, but my fingers get a little ahead of me. But that I think you get the uh, gist of that. We might put that video back up. But that that was most of the video. You see uh, Yuri running away, state police officer. He's really tough uh, trying to investigate a reporter. But when the reporter's there, he runs away. But we got a special guest, which is awesome, which people wanted to see back on the show. So we brought her right up with my, with my sticky fingers. I just hit things. I, I'm excited tonight again. Welcome back, Rita. Thank you. How are you doing? You were at the the, the uh, courthouse yesterday? Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, the incredible energy um, with everyone. Um, you know, it's just, it's an amazing, it's surreal. I mean, this whole movement that uh, Turtle Boy started, uh, he is the hero. And, you know, people coming together using their voices, using facts to um, fight corruption and stand for democracy. Um, it's just an incredible feeling to be part of this unbelievable movement. It's just incredible. And I bet you met a lot of people at the hearing yesterday for the first time. And I bet I, a lot of people recognize you, huh? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And people came from afar. You know, I met this great guy from, he was originally from Topsfield and then he um, lives in Florida and he came up for this. His name was Mark. 
incredible guy, incredible connection. I mean, it, you're just connecting with so many people. People came. Uh, one person told me that they watched your show for the first time Wednesday night and they saw me and they were so inspired by what was going on that they had to uh, appear. And that's the kind of energy um, that this group brings and this movement brings. And it's just incredible. It really is. It's just, it feels so good. It just does. It That's really cool. does. I, I actually met Mark too. He's a great guy. It's a, it's amazing how many people I'm meeting too as well. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really something else. Oh, it is. And everybody's so positive and you know, it's, it's the American way we're doing it the American way. And, um, it is just, um, it, it is just um, amazing. It's just amazing. So um, that was Phil. I think Phil wanted to say hi. Phil, say hi. Hey, how you doing? We both have our, Good. We, we both have our free uh, camera. <laughs> yeah. I guess mine was in front of the Herald today. We were on the Herald. <clears throat> you were on I the front page of the Herald? We were on the front page of the Herald. The, the Canton is like at least three of us from Canton. We had no idea they were taking pictures. I mean, I saw the media there, but... You know, um, I really didn't think the media was there for us. I think they were there for, you know, the prosecution. And But I'm thrilled because my sign said, um, I think it said, give defense the, um, let the, let the defense test the evidence. And then I said, framed. And to me, that's a big part. You know, 19 months and they're not turning over the evidence. Come on. You know, right. So there's been so many things like that. That sign got on the front page. So how many how, you? I know you had a gathering of uh, Canton residents. How many did you though were there that you know you were aware of and your little crew there from Canton? Um, I was at least a half a dozen, and it's the core people. Um, it was the core people, and um, you know, I, I mean, it, it's core people, and um, you know, it, we've, we've we've become family. We've become family. Uh, and that's what Canton's all about. You know, what people are seeing is not Canton. And you, we, the camaraderie with people, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing. It is so American. I'm just happy. I'm so happy. We've been posting some comments. I, I wanted to address a comment here, too, which is kind of off topic. So I'm going to br briefly, because I may get into it in the future. Yeah. And I'm kind of gagging myself on it. It's it's my my regular coverage, but I have to say something since the comment came in. <laughs> uh, Kwamli said, speaking of sticky fingers, Shannon O'Brien suspended. He's talking about the cannabis control chair. Oh. I just want to uh, say uh, Shannon O'Brien's been on the show. Um, sticky fingers, I would say you're on the right track, but it's not Shannon. She's being pushed out for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say I support Shannon O'Brien 100%. She's the only one that's been supporting workers. She's the only one who was actually talking to so many of the genuine interest in the state for cannabis. So it's actually not her. It's who's pushing her out and why. That's what people should be asking. And if you care about workers, you should contact the treasurer right now and tell her that you want Shannon O'Brien to stay as the chair. She is an adult in that commission that is in shambles. And that's why I think that she's being pushed out. So I'm just going to make that brief statement tonight as much as little. And I, again, I don't, you know, haven't talked to her lately. Don't know what's going on, but 
So back to uh, what's going on in Canton and free Karen Reed. I think we got we got the uh, Shannon O'Brien stuff out of the way. I don't know anything about the Shannon O'Brien. I've been so wrapped up in the story. About it, they expect me to say something about it. So, so yeah. anyway, let's talk about uh, more about Canton because you said some of the core people were there. I know you guys are kind of organizing and doing some standouts and things like that. What yes, yes, organizing is going on. Yes, so I will. I've only been able to attend one, um, but uh, it's Carol, it's Trisha, it's Gail, uh, it's Kevin, uh, you know, just to name a few, Eileen Rose, um, people excited for justice. And so what they did last week is they stood on the Neponset Street overpass where the cars were going for the um, football game. And Tom Brady's motorcade, I mean, they could speak better about it because I wasn't there. I just saw what they posted, but Tom Brady's motorcade went by. They got tremendous feedback from people driving by, honking horns. It's all to raise awareness. And people still um, aren't aware of this. And, you know, I keep telling people every single day, uh, you've got to do this and um, you've got to share this. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's raising awareness. So they're going to do it again this Sunday. I'm hoping to uh, participate. I think somebody had a sheet. It was huge. I saw the sign. And people just coming together uh, to support uh, truth and justice and democracy. And they're doing it in a positive, productive way. Um, it's just, it's exhilarating. That's great. And that's Sunday. What do you know what time? Yeah, I think it's like four to seven, whatever time the football game is, it's right around they're sweeping it. Um, they put they posted it and um Are you talking about the uh the, the Patriots game? Yes. So they go yeah, I think they're at one o'clock. I'll look at my fantasy lead. I yeah. Think, actually it might be a four. you know what I should I think, know. Yeah, I think they said like four. So they'll they'll do it as the cars, you know, as the cars are going to the game. And um I'll I'll check that out. And I'm uh, looking yeah. right now to see because I got I got one of the Pats players on my team, so it's going to come up right here. Oh, it's an 8:20 game. If that's what it is, a Sunday night 8:20 game. So it's a late 8:20. Oh, so yeah. that's but that makes sense. Four to seven is when people would be coming in, especially yes. like my 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 friends and family go to the Pats, and some of them will get there two to three hours early to sit up and cook and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they're going four to seven, and I hope to be able to make it. It's just you know um, I don't have a board, you know board of select meeting to get ready for and um so i think you know i'm going to join and, and when we get to, like last week i couldn't go uh because I, I was just getting ready for the board meeting and but i had like uh 15 minutes so i drove by and i just rode the horn <laughs> and i kept yeah. going i must have went by about six times just pumping them up uh you know beeping the horn and um making noise we gotta make noise <laughs> that's awesome so uh it's just it's awesome it's really awesome and um so anybody who's out there you know you don't have to go to our overpass but there's other overpasses you can come to this one uh we encourage you no matter where you live even in mexico i know you had somebody in mexico the other day we did you know wherever you are go to an overpass uh, go anywhere, hold the signs, raise awareness, tell people where to go to get the information, uh, and let's right this ship. Absolutely. And uh, did you go inside the courthouse yesterday? 
No, I didn't. Um, someone that I know, uh, his girlfriend went in. I stayed outside and I talked to a lot of people and um, it was just great. It was just great. And you did, you, did you see a lot of press there? It looked like there were a lot of press, wasn't yeah, it? You know, it, it, they really weren't identified. I mean, I think we saw like Channel 7, uh, but they really were like incognito in my opinion. I, I, you know, in my opinion, they were right outside the uh, courtroom steps and, you know, they had their mics and whatever. And, but they see to me, I thought they were incognito and uh, you know, I saw them there and usually I'm, I'm not shy with press and I'll go up, but I was talking to the people instead and I probably should have went up to the press and, you know, try to say something, but um I didn't, but some people did. And uh, I think they, you know, were broadcast with their comments. I haven't seen them yet. You know, so I, you know, they really, they really weren't like usually the press, like I've seen like channel five before I, you know, I've been on, they've caught me for some info, whatever doing, you know, asking people first a snowstorm or something or a hot day. And I actually got interviewed twice for both occasions and they actively look for people. And it was interesting to me. I didn't see this, the press that was there actively going into the crowd to talk to people and where I've seen, you know, other news clips where you know, the reporter is going to the crowd and they kind of just stood there. That's what my, my, my observation was. Maybe other people saw something different, but that's what I saw. They were very passive. I thought. Yeah. It's weird. I would think if, if I was there that day and I had like all the equipment, cameras, the microphone, that's all I'd be doing. Yeah. It's such good content. It's such easy content. And I think this crowd is well-spoken. Like this is what our show has been doing is just, letting people call in and and it's like it's such easy content i don't know why they wouldn't do that it's really these people are asleep at the wheel or something i don't know yeah i i just um yeah i mean i it I, they were very passive and it was just kind of odd i you know i i just thought that you know once the court hearing started i thought that you know they might move around or and they didn't so yeah I think that speaks to what the press is doing. I don't think they really know how to report this story. And, you know, I think it's, they, you know, I, I'm not sure they want the truth. I really mm. don't. I think they, you know, they're there because they know they have to report it and they're reporting um, only what I think they have to report. And that's really sad. And, and I, this whole case has given me a whole different perspective on mainstream media. It really has. I, I it's blatant. Uh, what they're doing and uh it's really sad it's really Some sad people, it's funny the comments are divided between cover-up corruption in the press and then other people like laura laura says they're just lazy and you know you said you, you bring another one they just don't know how to cover it i think it's they're lazy and they don't know how to cover it and there is a little bit of conflict of interest at some of these places like channel five where you have henning representing one of the uh you know, folks, yes. uh, that's not a defendant that should be a defendant. And he works at Channel 5. So there are some of that. But I think it's mostly what Laura is saying. They're just lazy. And I think that you're right, too, Rita. They don't know how to cover something like this. Yeah. And it's not that complicated. It should be easy to them. It's like, get hungry. Go talk to some people. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't. Why are you here? 
Right. Know? They weren't working the crowd. And it was surprising to me. And, you know, they really weren't. I didn't see a lot of identification. I really didn't. Yeah. So next time, you know, if we're there and I see them, you know, I'll go up because they, it, it's important to get the story out there. And, um, you know, it's important. So even if they're passive, well, I'll show them what a little aggression looks like. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Jill wrote, I think there's some credence to this, too. And I think this is so stupid that they think like this. Jill had a good comment. She says, because they are so late to the game. You could say that about the young jerks, you know, and, and the fact is it is never too late. Like if you jump late. in and cover a story all out. And yeah. I think that's where the big media is making a big, the local media is so often over and over. We, no matter if it's turtle boy or Kirk Minahan or me, little me, right. Cause I've broken stories. And this year, like they actually, for me, they finally freaking put my name out there like they 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 couldn't ignore the story i broke with lorna mcmurray dying but so often i feel like they're like we can't cover turtle boy we don't want to give him credit so we're yeah. not going to cover it and it's just it ruins their credibility and you wonder why we don't trust the mainstream media the mainstream media should jump all over this and make this story their own it's it's stupid that they don't 100% and and they're hurting their own credibility because by not by not covering it me, I'm saying, what am I watching them for anymore? So any mainstream media that is watching this show, if you don't get on board, you're going to lose viewership. And that's when you're going to hurt. And this is the truth. So they're only hurting their own credibility by not covering it. That's exactly it. It's, it's so stupid. It really is. It, it, it you know, the truth is going to come out and just, Pretending that it's not reality is not going to make it go away. It will not go away. We are not going away. Um, we're just going to stay on this until we get results. Um, until we get, you know, Karen Reed could be anybody. Exactly. So made a comment weird that Howie Carr hasn't only Grace. Well, I mean, Grace is part of the network. So, I mean, it's kind of how he has. I don't know. Maybe maybe Howie's not covering those types of local stories anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I've never listened to Howie. I, I don't know. I kind of um, wish I could say the same thing, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I get Howie, though, because I kind of like Howie in a way, even though I hate him. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, he could be entertaining, but he's also like wicked boomerish. It just uh, is he? he is yeah. very talented, but I think his coverage has just gone to like the Trumpism bullshit, like completely. Like I think yeah. And back in the day, I think his best stuff was when he would expose some political corruption every once in a while, local, local stuff. Really? But I don't think he really does that anymore. Wow. Because that's what, you know, we need to, you know, I, I think there's good and bad everywhere and we're seeing the bad of the worst of the worst. And we've got to root the worst of the worst out. And, you know, get rid of it. You know, people that are corrupt like this, get rid of them and make sure that we have good law enforcement. We have good government. I mean, we should have great, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be good. It should be great. And it should have credibility. And, and this really hurts the good people. And we know there's more good than there are bad. We know that. That's right. And just the, the oftentimes the bad, 
takes over the local government. That happens a lot, unfortunately. But uh, comment from uh, Mark O said, Dan Ray and WBZ beat the Joe Salvati story to death back in the 90s and crickets on Karen Reed. Yeah, that was Joe Salvati who was convicted uh, with Federal Bureau of Investigation help. Completely innocent. The FBI knew it. They let him in, left him in jail. And Dan Ray got like all kinds of awards for helping that guy get out of jail. It was a great story. Um, I brought up that Dan Ray's brother worked for the state police. He was like a state, you know, big time guy, state cop and uh, retired from the state police. And maybe that's why he didn't want to cover it. And then I think his daughter got up on Facebook and said, that's not true. My father, like, believe, I think is, I, it's funny. Cause I, I think that the, uh, the brother Dan Ray actually agrees with us. I think he's part of the free Karen Reed movement. Maybe I don't think he's come out all the way, but it seemed like maybe they get it. But uh, why? I don't know why Dan Ray hasn't covered. You think this would be a Dan Ray story? I don't know. I'm yeah, I, 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 yeah. So I, I have to admit, I don't know who Dan Ray. Is. Yeah, he used to be a big TV reporter. He has a show on WBZ. It's the like biggest uh, talk. Not 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 talk. It's more of a news radio during the day, and then they have talk radio at night. Oh, I see. And he's the host. He's he's Dan Ray at night from like. Uh, I don't know, eight to midnight. I've been on it once before. He's, you know, got a lot of listeners. He's pretty, he's kind of right, but he's not like totally like far right. Yeah. Uh, someone, uh, Nick said, Ted Daniels, Fox 25 was threatened. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Was, did you see Ted Daniels there? Did he do another report? I didn't see Ted Daniels. I, yeah. I didn't. See, there were reporters on our side and there were reporters on the other side just taking pictures or video. Um, you know, there were drones flying around, a couple of drones. Um, but I didn't um, No, the, the, the reporters were just kind of clustered. They were clustered. They didn't move. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't recognize anybody, any of them. Do you want to watch some of this court stuff with us? Sure. Yeah, I didn't see the inside of the court, so I'd love to. All right. Did you see when Turtle Boy talked to um, well, when Karen Reed's oh. father spoke? Uh, I did. I did. As a matter of fact, I, I gave Cameron's father a hug and he gave me a kiss and it was just, it was so incredible. And I said, we, we've got her, we've got Karen and, um, you know, we've got her. People and, seem to go crazy. Pretty like, you know, they've very much embraced him, didn't they? Oh, he is such a classy guy. Such a, the whole family. I mean, what they're going through, um, has got to be horrendous. And to see the support that they're getting, they are so appreciative and, you know, they, the nicest, nicest people. And I, you know, I, I, you just tell by the way they present themselves. Awesome. Let's play. I'm going to play some yeah. of the little bit of the video of him. Uh... Yeah. Push that button. Uh, yeah. Just talk right into it. This is for Karen and for all of you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Aiden, help me. I'm the proud father of Karen Reed. He's <laughs> factually innocent. He yes. yes. framed Karen Reed. Yes. Yes. We will not stop. My family is so strengthened by this outpouring of citizenship from all over fighting back against corrupted institutions. If we lose faith in our institutions, 
This country is not what it was built on. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your day, out of your schedule, to come here and support. In support of freedom. Support of justice. Support of integrity. Honor. No, of course she didn't do it. She did not do it. Look at the injuries. Look at her car. That's a Brian Alvin move. Stop there. Look at the injuries. Look at her car. Where's Chloe? Look at the difference between the Brian Walsh case and the Karen Reed case. Totally different investigating. I was saying investigating. My daughter will be here in a few moments with her immense and talented and dedicated and committed lawyers. Lawyers who are smart as hell. We'll get this thing unveiled. Thank you so much again. Thank you for the Oh, Kelly, Kelly Reed, how are you? Nice to meet you in person. Karen's cousin. Karen has such great family. They have such great family. Uh, her, 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 her brother, her cousins, her uncles, her aunts, her parents, they're all here for every court hearing. And as you just heard, as you just heard from Mr. Reed, from Bill Reed, right? Just look at the body, folks. All you got to do is look at the body of John O'Keefe to know that Alexis did not do that. That John O'Keefe was beaten. That was pretty damn amazing. Amazing. It was just amazing. It really, to be there, to be part of that, um, it's just surreal. It really is. It's just uh, this, it's hard to put into words. It really is. It's just amazing. You know what's so funny is uh, I got aggravated by those lady yelling, those ladies yelling over Karen's dad, but the, yeah. I totally relate to it. Yeah. Because I host a show and sometimes I talk over people when I get excited and that's all they were doing. They were excited. They were like, oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. They're passionate. Yeah. They're passionate about, they're passionate about having her, you know, these charges dropped and the real people, you know, brought to trial. And yeah, you heard passion. Yeah. I would just ask everyone next time when Karen Reed's father's talks, just let him talk and then speak yes. after. I agree. I agree. <laughs> we learn, you know, he handled it so well. He was perfect. I was like, this guy looks like a pro. Like he let them finish. And then he, he went, he was like, he didn't, it didn't fluster him. You could tell he was, he was in the moment. Yeah, that was, yeah, he was good. Yeah. And I think he realized it was the passion. You know, I think he realized that, you know, whoever yelled that, you know, it, it, people are caught up in the moment. We're learning. This is all unprecedented and people are learning along the way. And I'm sure next time he speaks, um, people will be um, respectful of that. Absolutely. Um, I want to watch more too. There's some sure. other comments coming in. I'm just looking at comments. Um, trying to, th- you know what? Maybe we'll do the court stuff too. But like, there was so much that went on. I just want to highlight at this hearing. You know, we're gonna play some of the court testimony, which is, you know, a lot of going over the evidence and 
But I think that this hearing, even in the last hearings, but you've seen it like over time, the defense get more confident and more, even with the language that they're using. They didn't call Michael Proctor just conflicted this time. They called him corrupt. Yeah, I've been calling him crooked, crooked, conflicted, corrupt. Michael Proctor, they really took it. I mean, even Eliza Little was like some of the words she was using. I was like, oh, like they're they're calling this shit out. Like they're not. There's none of this. Like you know, prim and proper. This is you don't hear defense attorneys generally. I don't think go this far, but I think that it's definitely warranted. And uh, it, it's this whole thing is like, I can see why Michael Morrissey, the state police are still going forward with it, even though they're not going to, I don't think they have a chance in hell at winning, even though this is a PR disaster for them because, you know, there's a guy in here, Nick Ferrello that I kind of, you know, gave a hard time when he called in the other night about his uh, secret courts. I'm not that vouching for his info, but he's definitely got a legit lawsuit. And and he's saying, you know, talk about the bigger stuff, Mike, because there is something wrong here. Oh. And it's just not Karen Reed. And I'm glad that you brought it up. It could be any one of us. Because when a system is this corrupt, it really could be any one of us. And this happens all the friggin' time. I know that a lot of people are new to this. I've defended a lot of people who have been fr- like ruined by the system. Yeah, and oftentimes it's bullshit, and you know, sometimes they did do something wrong, but they get so overcharged that it's like. So there's a lot that goes on in the system that's totally evil and totally corrupt, and I, I really think that this case, I think that Turtle Boy is aware of this. He he talks about it, that this case could you know bring dominoes down on other cases. Oh, oh this is just the, the beginning. Yeah. This is, and I'm going to say this brings credence to Black Lives Matter. And I am so happy because I know people have been wronged. And but, you know, we don't have evidence like this. You know, people like, you know, the Central Five, the Central Park Five. Remember those kids, you know, uh, accused of rape way back when. And then it came out after they spent all that time in jail. You know, this is. Uh, there's never been a case like this. It's unprecedented. And if this can happen, anything can happen. And, you know, that's bad for our judicial system, but we have people in jail when then I think that people are going to do exactly what turtle boy did and pull out their case, you know, records, the case filings and go through them the same way he went through this and find where, um, you know, things just didn't add up. So I'm hoping that this is just the beginning of uh, freedom for people. And, you know, freedom for people and and stop this. It, it, this should not be allowed. This, you know, this planting of evidence, this, the things that were done. You know, we're not talking one mistake, two mistakes. We're talking colossal, you know, and it's wrong. And if that's what's been happening to people, it's wrong and it needs to be corrected, whatever it takes. So people aren't going to want to hear that. Uh, but we're behind Karen. We're not stopping. And frankly, I'd love to see Michael Proctor 
up on the stand. I don't know how he's going to respond. I don't know how any of these people are going to respond. You know, the Jen McCabe's, they all have trashy mouths. You put them on the stand. I, I don't know if they know how to say anything other than loser, the F word, and uh, Turtle Boy, where's your trophy? I mean, <laughs> they don't know how to, they don't know how to speak. So yeah. I don't know how you put these people on the stand. I don't know how any lawyer can put these people on the stand. I really don't. So how this case is going to go to trial is is going to be pretty interesting because I don't think anyone wants to see those characters on the stand. I really don't. You know, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And even the uh, what they you know, I think we're going to play some of the court you know, court hearings, testimony, you know, just discussion. And then maybe some of the stuff that happened after the court, because I think that was even more interesting, some of the words that were spoken there. I also want to play maybe uh, the local moron got dressed up this time. Uh, so we've got a lot of clips I want to play, but I also want to take phone calls. So oh, absolutely. be prepared to call in a little bit. And maybe we'll hear from Nick Rocco, too, hopefully. Um, I met Nick, too. Great. I met a lot of people. Great people. Yeah. It's, it's it's been amazing how many people we've all been meeting and it's just like a little community now it's family it's family we're family we're, we're just that's what it feels like to me family you know just the great american we're doing it the the good old-fashioned american way and what more could we be proud of what more i mean we're americans doing the right thing that's right i'm gonna play some of this from uh the hearing that's not from the beginning, but it's just, you know, a bit of it here. If your position is that you don't object to it and it's just with them, we'll set a date. Thank you, Robert. All right, so I'll do the same with both of those motions. All right, why don't we do the motion to compel, and then we'll get into the exhaustive testing motion. Is there an objection to the exhaustive testing motion? At this point, Your Honor, there is. Okay, we, so we'll hear the motion. Reasons, but we'll do the motion to compel first. Thank you. And so, when this motion was first filed, and I do appreciate, Ms. Little, that you did get it to me in a timely manner after the last hearing. I do appreciate that, uh, and I appreciate the detail of it. So then, we have the Commonwealth's response that then maybe limits some of what you have there, and then I've got your. Um, your response to the Commonwealth's opposition. So I think that's where we have you focused. But has that changed at all since you filed this? With the, I received additional statements of compliance by the Commonwealth. I will address those today, Your Honor. Um, there's five sort of outstanding categories of evidence that we still have not received. I did receive a packet of information today, but I'll go through that for the court. Okay. Go ahead. So let's do what you address in your reply. Thank you, Your Honor. It has now been a year and a half since Ms. Reed was arraigned in Norfolk Superior Court. A year and a half, and the defense still has not been allowed to so much as look at the physical evidence that the Commonwealth has had in its possession for 21 months and has so desperately withheld from the defense out of fear of what it might show. That is unacceptable that is unconstitutional, and that clearly violates the mandatory discovery provisions set forth in Rule 14. <coughs> As I inform the court, there are five categories of mandatory discovery that continue to be withheld by the Commonwealth, and I'd like to go through, through those in turn. 
there are first 56 items of physical evidence that we have been un unable to view, unable to independently test. Are these the items that are at the lab for testing still? That's correct, Your Honor. It okay. includes all of the taillight pieces, all of Mr. O'Keefe's clothing, and all samples taken from Mr. O'Keefe's clothing and person. This is the seminal evidence in this case. Your Honor, this is not a complex legal issue. The United States Constitution, the Massachusetts Declaration of Rights, and Rule 14 all require that Ms. Reed be permitted to inspect and independently test this evidence. Rule 14 could not be more clear. Quote, the prosecution shall disclose to the defense and permit the defense to discover, inspect, and copy material and relevant tangible objects at or prior to the pretrial conference. Our first pretrial conference was on August 12, 2022. The compliance date for mandatory defense access to this physical evidence was more than a year ago. In opposing this motion, as Your Honor noted, the Commonwealth has tried to excuse its blatant discovery violations by claiming lab protocols and procedures simply won't allow us to access this evidence. But lab protocols and procedures are of no legal moment, Your Honor. They don't trump the law. In fact, Rule 14 actually contemplated that this might be an excuse that the Commonwealth gave. It specifically says it doesn't matter if the physical evidence is not in the physical, actual, tangible possession of the Commonwealth. If that evidence is in the possession of any agency who participated in investigating and evaluating the case and reports to the prosecutor, which clearly the Massachusetts State Police Lab does, then discovery is mandatory. That's Rule 14. As this court well knows, this is not the first time we've requested access to the physical evidence in this case. So when Mr. Lally stands up, as I believe he probably will, and says, we're almost done testing, the defense can have access to this in 30 days, I wanna remind this court that we've been here before. In fact, we argued this exact same issue before the court six months ago. And I think it's important for the court to be reminded of the representations that were made by Mr. Lally at that hearing. On February 8th of this year, Mr. Lally stood here in open court and made these promises. Quote, I did speak with the lab earlier this week, as well as last week, a couple of weeks ago, and on several different occasions. But my expectation from what I'm told is that their analysis and report should be complete within the next 30 to 60 days. Those were Mr. Lally's words in February. And my guess is that's what he's going to say today. But what is disturbing about those representations is that the crime lab actually keeps track of their communications with Mr. Lally. And when you review the crime lab conversation log, which was produced to us in Discovery about a month ago, this is what you see. Quote, note to file, date January 3rd, 2023. Entry by John Buello, person contacted, ADA Lally. Note, quote, emailed Commonwealth prosecutor on 11-21-2022 about the status of testing. No response back. 
Therefore, the trace items will not be tested at this time. If for any reason testing is needed, the items can be resubmitted to the lab for potential analysis. Trace assignment closed, no report. And what you also see is that between January 3rd, 2023, which is the date of that entry, and the date the Massachusetts State Police Lab apparently closed this case, and February 8th, which is the date that Mr. Lally stood here in court and made those representations that he was so desperately trying to expedite testing, there is not a single record of communication between Mr. Lally and the lab that's contained in that conversation log. That's not Mr. Lally's hands being tied by lab protocols and lab procedures. In fact, the assignment was closed because he failed to answer his emails. That is deception, Your Honor. So when the Commonwealth stands up and says that the defense can have access to the physical evidence in 30 or 60 days, that's not good enough. We need court intervention. We need this court to order the Commonwealth immediately provide us access to these critical items of evidence and set a date for compliance, because that's what the law requires. That brings me to the second category of evidence that we're missing. Your Honor, for quite some time, we've been asking for access to the Lexus infotainment system and the Lexus telematics system. As of this morning, our expert was able to get in touch with Trooper Garino, and they're currently working on coordinating a time to hopefully end It's unbelievable. <laughs> Wait, you're muted. I can't hear you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm doing that thing. I'm laughing um, without telling you why. Thank you so much. Um, I just, I couldn't let this go because she, she's now moving on to grow, grow, you know, Trooper Girl, Reno, whatever his name is. And uh, she just got Lally, Lunchbox Lally. And this comment was so good. She said she just ate his lunch. She, she like did. totally destroyed his ass. Totally destroyed his credibility. Totally. Totally. And we got some comments here. Uh, Lally, dude, you got to go. <laughs> I feel actually, I don't think he's got to go. I think he's so bad. He should stay. He's like, oh, he's, I mean, I feel bad for him in a way. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's going up there lying all the time. It's like, I mean, it's like, Really? Don't you care about your credibility? I mean, you know. What do you think he does at night to like decompress from all this? Or he stabs his arms or something? Like, what's yeah. he doing? He's smoking oh. weed, drinking, beats his dog. What's he's got to? There's got to be something he he. I tell you, he's under a lot of pressure right now. Oh, he's under a lot of pressure. But you know, to get up there and I mean, he sounds like a defense attorney. And, you know, you expect defense. You don't expect prosecutors to do this. And that's what's outrageous to me. I mean, you just don't expect it. Prosecutors are, are held to higher standards. They are not supposed to do this. They're supposed to have the truth, seek the truth. They're not supposed to, you know, dodge the evidence and uh, lie in court. They're not supposed to do that. And so it puts a stain on the judicial system. I, I don't know if these people realize it or not. It, you know, they think it... I don't know. Maybe they think it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. Not going and the away. longer this case goes on, the worse it looks. Someone said he cries in a pillow. 
That's he probably what he does. He probably cries in a pillow every night. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you get up there and, you know, knowingly uh, deceive people. I don't know how you do that. Not, you know, not in a prosecutor's uh, role. I just don't know how you do that. It really hurts us as a country. So let's hear some more from uh, Eliza Little. She's great. She's, she really did kill it this time. Oh, she did. That evidence. Um, I'm hopeful that the Commonwealth will be forthcoming and allow us to, to obtain our own analysis. Um, if there are any issues, we will plan to file a proposed protocol for the examination of that evidence with the court but I'm hopeful it won't come to that. The third category of evidence is the handwritten notes of law enforcement. As this court is aware, it was filed with our papers, law enforcement was ordered to preserve all handwritten notes taken in connection with this case. That was done in Staten District Court on February 2nd, 2022. And I know your honor sort of reaffirmed that order just in passing during one of the court appearance when we asked for her to renew it. Um, we know law enforcement took copious notes in this case because most, if not all, of the reports were drafted weeks, even months after the actual interviews or investigation took place. Um, we're asking for the court to immediately set a compliance date for production of those notes. Um, if the Commonwealth has nothing to produce, then we also need confirmation of that because it's in violation of a court order. The, third, the fourth category are reports, handwritten notes, and mapping documenting the recovery of evidence from the Albert residence. This information should have been produced over a year ago. Um, if you were to review all of the police reports in this case, as we've done, then you might mistakenly believe that there were only two searches of the lawn of 34 Fairview Road that resulted in the recovery of taillight pieces. Those searches were on January 29th at 5.45 p.m. by the CERT team, and there was a second search on February 3rd, 2022. But those reports are not complete <laughs> because according to photographs of the evidence bags in this case, which we just received on July 25th, Trooper Proctor claims to have actually recovered taillight pieces over the course of five additional undocumented searches of the Albert residence throughout the month of February. The only reason we even know about these searches is because when Trooper Proctor logged these pieces into evidence, he had to write his name, the date, and the place those pieces of taillight were supposedly found, 34 Fairview. That's five undocumented searches, Your Honor. We don't have a police report for any of those. No notes, no reports, no photographs of where those taillight pieces were found in the yard. No memorialization of the individuals who called Trooper Proctor to the scene. That is not acceptable. If this information exists, we're entitled to it. We need a short compliance date for the production of these notes and reports so that we can at least attempt to prevent further fabrication of evidence. The fifth category of evidence, Your Honor, is the raw data associated with the CERT team search on January 29th at 5.45 p.m. We received um, 
a, a disc this morning from Mr. Lally. I obviously have not had a chance to, to review that yet, so I don't know what's actually contained on it. Um, this has become somewhat of a pattern in this case. So I'm hopeful that everything's on there, but I, I'm not able to guarantee that for the court. Um, he also indicated that there are additional materials that are forthcoming. Obviously, we haven't received those yet. I'm asking the court to set a compliance date to make sure that we actually get the information that we've requested. Okay, thank you. Mr. Lally? Your Honor, I'm not quite done. Oh, you said there were five. I, I was going to have a conclusion if I okay. Okay. finish addressing the court. Thank sure. You. Your Honor, we are entitled to this discovery and we need compliance deadlines. Ms. Reed has a constitutional right to a speedy trial and to prepare and present her defense. The law is clear that Ms. Reed was supposed to have access to all of the requested information in August of last year. Respectfully, Your Honor, we're asking you to please enforce these rules and get Ms. Reed the discovery that she's entitled to. Thank right. you. Thank you. Come on. Yes, Your most of what I believe uh, was just addressed uh, was uh, dealt with in the Commonwealth's uh, response. Um, sure, he's speaking in a microphone right in front of him, but if you can't hear him, can you go over to the podium, please? That's fine. So, Your Honor, I believe most of this um, I've addressed in the Commonwealth's response, and just to be clear, it's not an opposition uh, to the defendant's motion. Uh, the Commonwealth is well aware of its uh, discovery obligations under Rule 14, it does not oppose uh, the defendant uh, having access to these items. It's merely a, uh, an issue of timing. Now, as it pertains uh, to uh, the first uh, enumerated item, and there, there's been various modifications of this, and what I would say is that. The Commonwealth is very uh, aware of its ongoing uh, obligations under Rule 14A1A, under Rule 14A4, uh, as it pertains to uh, mandatory reciprocal discovery and exculpatory evidence, and has provided uh, counsel for the defendant with we're close to 300 items of discovery at this point. So it, it, this is not a situation in which the Commonwealth is, is I would submit, withholding evidence or uh, preventing uh, the defendant from uh, doing any, uh, receiving any discovery, as soon as the Commonwealth receives it, it's, it's provided to counsel. Um, there was somewhat of an issue uh, at some point uh, over the history of this case where uh, I had been providing discovery to Mr. Yanetti that apparently wasn't making its way to, uh, to either Ms. Little or Mr. Jackson. Uh, my remedy for that has been to provide whatever I can, especially documentary evidence and attachments to email so that it goes to all counsel and all counsel have access uh, to it, which caused some of the delay as far as the testing in the lab uh, is concerned in the first place. Uh, the lab was uh, prepared to conduct its initial DNA testing back in May, had to wait until uh, July, uh, and then uh, there was a second subsequent exhaustive testing uh, which uh, wasn't conducted until August 1st uh, because of the timing in which we received uh, the exhaustive authorization form uh, from counsel. Uh, what I can say is Ms. Little and Mr. Jackson were uh, very good as far as as soon as they were made aware of the issue. They uh, executed the forms. I received them, forwarded them to lab the same day. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, all of the uh, DNA testing was not able to be completed on that. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, it's like 
I, I wish I had that sound effect. There's a sound effect like that Debbie Downer sound effect. Like that's his whole thing. I was like, ah, oh, wonk, wonk, wonk. You know what I mean? It's like everything. Unfortunately, yeah, she was people great. already complaining that they're falling asleep, but they have a lot of comments about Lally. So I, I think people, as much as they dislike Lally. There is something about just laughing at him. He's just lunchbox. Yeah, I mean, he looks he looks foolish. He looks so foolish. She nails him, you know, and he just gets up there and just rambles madness. I mean, it, it's you know, it's just unbelievable. It's it's just unbelievable. It, you know, but she nailed him, and I don't know if you caught it, but. And she said, well, we know the count. We know that they have copious notes because they produce reports several months later. <laughs> it was like, you know, <clears throat> yeah, you must have copious notes because how can you remember stuff several months later? I, I thought she, that was awesome the way she got that in there. Yeah, Nick Rocco might be calling in later, hopefully. And uh, he sent me a video that we may play a little bit later when <laughs> when Adam Lally walked into the court. He didn't receive a warm... A warm greeting. Let's just no, he did way. not. No, he did not. Were you there for that? Oh, Greeta? yes, I was. Yep. I was there the whole time. You know, I was there the whole time. And, um, you know, people booed him and, you know, people just weren't happy. I mean, he he, he deserves to be booed. It, it, what he's doing is not justice. It's just not. And you can see it and, you know, the judge can say whatever she wants, but we, our lying eyes are not lying. We can see what's going on. It's obvious. And I see that this is channel five, which is great because they must have aired this. And so if they aired it, um, that's fabulous because people can see it. They can make their own opinions. I mean, you listen to Eliza and she's pretty specific in what she says. She's really good. It's yeah, a totally he's... compelling compared to this guy. It's funny. People are noting the turtle boy looks like he's almost nodding off that Lally's putting him in his sleep. Yeah. And then when Lally started talking, I was watching turtle boy and he's just, you know, smiling and cause he knows it's, it's rubbish. You know, what's funny too is um, I was watching on court TV. I don't know if this stream from channel five is actually the same camera. I don't think it is. They probably have different cameras, but sometimes they have a court pool where they only have one camera. But anyways, when I was watching it live on court TV, they kept focusing on Turtle Boy. They really? kept going to Aiden. It's like whoever was behind that camera knew that people wanted to see Aiden oh, and his expressions. Yeah. And Isn't that something? They were all over him. Yeah. At first, you think it's kind of accidental because where he's sitting, but then they really like they actually did close ups and you could tell. And Isn't they were that... zooming around. It was pretty cool. Wow. But let's let's see what more of uh, what Lally Lally's got to say. We'll try not to. If it gets too much, we'll turn it off. And because I want to see the other attorneys, the other attorneys really go after him oh, a little that's later cool. here too. Yeah, Why date? Because of uh, how late we received uh, that particular um, assignment. As far as um, the items uh, that are contained uh, at the lab, again, these are the lab's policies. They're not my policies. There's nothing. As far as uh, anything that the district attorney's office or myself has done, uh, any suggestion that we're desperately withholding evidence from the defend defense as we're afraid of what it might show is, is just patently ridiculous. The items that are at the lab are 
there was no objection to council swabbing anything from any of those samples, inspecting them, photographing them, doing whatever they would like with them. The issue is when the lab is done. And as I detailed in the motion, there was a recent uh, trace assignment uh, that was completed, uh, not recent, but uh, several months ago, actually. And it had to do with item 3-1 and several uh, other items pertaining to the, uh, the taillight. And so 3-1 is the uh, passenger side rear taillight of uh, the defendant's SUV. Uh, item 7-5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 19 were all pieces uh, that were recovered uh, from uh, the area uh, where Mr. O'Keefe's body was discovered uh, in front of 34 Fairview Road. Now, each of those were subject to a comparison analysis in which they were uh, essentially uh, fitted back together uh, with item 3-1, which was the actual unit uh, from the defendant's SUV. That was believed to be done. So the lab at that point had made a forensic link and was uh, believed to have been done with testing related to that. Subsequent to that, uh, there was a subsequent uh, discovery uh, based on some additional testing in relation to item 7-18.18. And that essentially was microscopic pieces. And when I say microscopic, uh, they measure approximately, probably less than 1 16th of an inch of uh, clear and red plastic pieces that were recovered from the victim, Mr. O'Keefe's clothing, specifically his shirt. Based on that uh, discovery uh, or analysis, there was then a subsequent trace assignment that was uh, created uh, in relation to uh, comparative testing for those microscopic pieces to item 3-1, again, an item that the lab uh, had theretofore uh, thought that they were, uh, had completed with. There's also an ongoing trace assignment for comparative purposes to uh, some glass that was recovered from the rear bumper of the defendant's vehicle, uh, comparing it to uh, pieces of uh, what uh, they describe uh, in the lab notes as a cocktail glass that's found on the ground uh, near Mr. O'Keefe and near Mr. O'Keefe's shoe. Uh, of note, what I would say is that Mr. O'Keefe is uh, observed leaving the waterfall bar last time that he's on video carrying a short cocktail glass in his right hand uh, as he's uh, leaving from that facility. So that trace assignment is open. The DNA results from the July testing uh, has been completed and provided to Council. Uh, the DNA testing results from the August 1st testing, uh, my understanding, should be completed. And again, these are not promises that I make. These are estimations based on what the lab uh, can, can tell me as far as uh, their expectation of, of when items will be completed. Uh, but the DNA testing, I anticipate, should be completed on or around September 26th, those two trace assignments uh, should be completed sometime in the last week of October. Uh, and there is additional uh, DNA testing uh, that has just uh, been scheduled uh, to be undergone uh, shortly. The as far as whatever the court uh, deems appropriate to impose, uh, obviously the Commonwealth will, will comply with that. We'll make arrangements with the lab. They do not allow outside personnel into the lab, so it would be a situation where uh, obviously items that are currently undergoing testing are not going to be taken back from the lab, but if there are any items that are, have no uh, forensic value left uh, to the lab, uh, once this sort of round of testing uh, is completed, uh, we will certainly pick those items up and make them available for counsel. Uh, but Do you anticipate that this will be the last round of testing for DNA? I anticipate it will, but at the same time, it depends on what the other testing shows. So it, it's typically what the lab is going to do is they're going to test until they get a forensic link. Um, or they either they do or they don't. Uh, but basically, 
Um, so without knowing what the results of, of the testing that's just undergone and is just about to be undergone or is undergoing currently, I can't speak to, to as to what those results would be and, and therefore I can't speak to whether or not there would be any need for additional testing. Okay. As it relates to uh, the Lexus uh, infotainment and telematics, I, I, I'm just a little confused because it, initially how it's uh, phrased in the motion to compels, it's sort of incorporating all kinds of different materials. So it's, it's talking about an ACM, EDR, LSS. Now the ACM is the airbag control module in the car. EDR is the event data recorder. LSS is the Lexus uh, uh, safety system uh, that's specific to a Lexus. All of those items are in the vehicle. Um, and I, I've endeavored to arrange, uh, should council have an expert that wishes to view or download that material directly from the vehicle themselves, all of that material, including the raw data, has already been provided uh, to council. Um, way back in May of 2022, uh, Mr. Yanetti had retained a reconstruction expert who had actually gone to the vehicle and downloaded the ACM material. So I'm just, what I was told most recently is that they don't need to look at the car or they don't want to meet with uh, Trooper Paul from the cars unit to do anything with the car. As far as it pertains to the Berla and the telematics, uh, as I've stated uh, previously uh, to your honor in court, the issue is, um, and just for the. So if I could just say, yes, here he is the prosecutor. Here we have a Boston police officer dead, murdered. And any other police officer, they're all over the evidence. They're all over everything, getting that person to be tried to justice. And all he does is come up with excuse after excuse on why he can't do his job. And his job, he, you know, you can either get things, you know, make things happen, or you can wait for things to happen. And he's purposely, you know, not doing his job. And it's an embarrassment. I don't know how he can do this. I really don't. It makes us, it makes our judicial system look really bad and inefficient. It does. And I've got, I think the audience listening, watching has gotten sick of listening to Lally. They're demanding. I skip forward to the real lawyers. Yes, I agree. I agree too. Let's, let's get blow by this Turkey. Actually, this is what it looks like. We, we might want to see Lally loses. As, as the trace comparison. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to order expedited testing on those eight items that have not yet been testing. And I want the Commonwealth to be able to report back in the beginning of November the results of all of the testing that's been completed. And if it's not completed, why? And when you expect it to be completed? Why don't we have all of that by November 3rd? That finally... Laying it down. For get it B, the, Como, the defendant's request number four. For the infotainment, I do want the two experts to talk. I need more information on this. If it's something that there is other software that can read this, then we can move quickly with it. So I need to get that from you, Ms. Little. You need to talk to the Commonwealth. Your experts need to talk, and you need to put something in writing for me on that. Uh, the... Stand up so at the microphone so I can hear you. Can we have a compliance date for discovery from the Commonwealth so we can get the reports and the photographs we've been asking for so that our expert can make that analysis? 
She needs to know exactly what's in the car and have pictures of the circuitry. Your Honor, if I could just speak to that. So the photos uh, are on a disc and in the papers that I handed to Ms. Little this morning. Also, when I spoke to Trooper Garino, he indicated that uh, following his conversation with uh, Ms. Gaffney, who was the defendant's expert, uh, yesterday afternoon, that he had forwarded an email with each of those photographs to Ms. Gaffney directly. Okay. So if you talk to her today, if she still needs them, put them in writing and we'll order them to be produced. All right, so the request D, um, is the Office of the Medical Examiner, is that all taken care of, the original death certificate? You didn't raise that this morning, Ms. Little. Yes, so, okay, so request number five is all set? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, so regarding the request for all of those notes, a two-week date. So let's get that by the 29th of September. I'll give you the same time frame to see about whether there are any photographs, handwritten notes, map mapping, documenting the recovery, the five undocumented searches that are outlined in E of the defendant's response, reply to the Commonwealth's response. So two week date for that to Commonwealth 929. Uh, the Commonwealth says that there is no raw data with the CERT team uh, or no notes. Why don't you just tie up all loose ends and put that in writing, Mr. Lally, by 929. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. That was the whole purpose of today's hearing was to be able to do that. So at least we've got that done. Now we move on to um, the Commonwealth's motion for an order regarding expedited testing. And the Commonwealth has asked me, I believe, to impound the results here, Mr. Lally. As far as the attachments to the motion, yes. Yes, okay. Is there any objection to that from the defense? If I may have just a moment, you're Your Honor, I'm sorry. Did you say expedited testing or were you referring to exhaustive testing? Is that what you're asking? Exhaustive about? testing, the Commonwealth's okay. motion. Um, I'll let you address that. So, okay. Well, there is an objection. <laughs> okay, so let me hear the Commonwealth then on the motion, then I'll hear your That's objections. Fine. My question was simply on the impounding of the attachments. There's an objection to the impounding of the attachments? No. Okay, that was that question. I'll let you be heard on the motion, Mr. Jackson, but I'll hear from the Commonwealth first. And Mr. Clerk, the results that are attached here, Commonwealth satisfied me that they qualify for impoundment and I will impound them. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, I'll put that in Thank here. You. All right. So, Lally, I'll hear you on the exhaustive testing motion. Yes, Your Honor. So, very simply put. Yes, Your Honor, we're skipping them. Is, in fact, a human hair. Uh, here. Wait, let's get to the, there we go. Let's get to the, the, the a, real lawyers. This was a, the uh, testing is exhausting. Is in fact a human hair. Uh, they've gone so far as to suggest the relevance of that item is, it's not just a human hair, it's John O'Keefe's hair, which would establish some sort of physical evidence that 
that uh, my client is, uh, it, it inculpates my client. Except when we demanded that the hair be tested under the watchful eye of one of our own experts, which we had not had the, uh, the advantage of doing at any time prior, it turns out that it wasn't a human hair. Uh, on August 25th, 2023, there was DNA testing done on 3-6.1, and the analysis resulted in, quote, no human DNA detected, STR analysis not performed. I'm holding the DNA results. <clears throat> so after a year and a half, some 19 months or so, of saying this was a human hair on the back of that bumper, turns out it's not a hair. And DNA testing indicated it was not a hair. And now the Commonwealth seems to be in some sort of triage mode to try to figure out how they made a mistake. And the mistake is, actually, I question whether or not it was a mistake, because you can make a mistake once. I don't know that you can do it four separate times. In four different filings before this court, four separate times after August 25th, after they had this document in their hand, which the highlighted portion says, no human DNA detected. They filed motions with the following phraseology. Quote, the hair has been forensically confirmed to be a human hair, end quote. Not once, not twice, four separate times. And the last time was just this past week when they filed something in front of the Court of Appeal with that exact same phrase. The human hair, uh, sorry, the hair has been forensically confirmed to be a human hair. Your Honor, at some point, that's not a mistake. That's a deception. That's a knowing fabrication. That's a lie. And I don't use that word lightly. I'd love to consider this conduct feckless and irresponsible, but it's not. To do this four times, this is pernicious. And it's intentional. So... When the Commonwealth comes to us at the 11th hour and says, oh my goodness, hang on a second, let's all take a time out. We want to destroy the very item that we've been trading on falsely for 18 months to do mitochondrial DNA testing, which, would, as Mr. Lally indicates, he's smart enough to know, the lab is smart enough to know that's completely destructive testing. That will be exhausted, it's gone after the mitochondrial DNA is done. I expect that Mr. Lally will say something along the lines of, well, uh, we were just trading on the idea that Maureen Hartnett at our crime lab microscopically confirmed that it was a human hair. And she did. What's the problem with that? She failed her proficiency exam the month before she did the, the examination. On the exact same issue, on the exact, and it's not like a generalized proficiency exam, it's a proficiency exam dedicated or focused on whether or not she can microscopically determine a human hair. And she failed that. So they have Maureen Hartnett saying it's a human hair. She's not even qualified to say it. Then they go back and DNA test it. It comes back not to be a human hair. Then they say we want to destroy it. My position is it should not be destructively tested. Certainly not by the Commonwealth. I understand I know the, the, the Bodie outfit in Virginia, uh, the third-party outfit. Uh, they've got a good reputation. However, before anybody gets their hands on that, hum on that hair, I don't even know if, it's, if it is a hair, quite frankly. Uh, 
before they get their hands on that item and destroy it, I would ask that that item be made available to us. This protocol is undertaken all the time throughout the country. Have it sent to a, an expert of our choosing, and we have one in mind, out of Chicago, uh, probably the, the most well-reputed uh, microscopic analysis uh, shop in the entire country. We'll have them employed to look at it microscopically, make their own determinations. At that point, Mr. Lally, myself, we can agree if, in fact, the results are satisfactory to have it uh, exhaustively tested, but certainly not now. Not after the, this, as I said, tortured history of this item. Okay. So am I going to hear from Mr. Lally or Ms. McLaughlin, who wrote the... Mr. Lally, I'll hear from you. Your Honor, as it pertains to uh, sure. the hair, so... The way he even just uh, approached <laughs> that lectern was so creepy and weird, wasn't it? It's comical. He's like, okay, how am I going to do this one? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knows his credibility is toast, and yeah. he's just he's just winging it. And, and none of us want to listen anymore because we just already heard. Everyone's like, everyone wants to get to the part where he gets slammed by by Yanetti. Yeah. Should we just skip him? What do you think, oh, Rita? Absolutely. Yeah. He's just because you know it's pathetic. It's yeah. pathetic. It's pathetic. Some comments are coming in. He looks defeated. He looks feeble. Big sigh. I love that one. Big sigh. A lot of big sighs from Bev and Lally. Somebody said, skip it. Skip him. We don't want to give him any more. It's torturous. <laughs> really? Yeah, like a blue awesome. tide. He looks like he just got beat up in the bathroom, Jim Carrey yeah. style. Seriously. Yeah. You know, he just yeah, just one lie after another, and you know, I can't wait for that you know microscopic piece of uh, tail light that they found on John's clothing. It's going to turn out to be a a, a fiber, maybe a Coke <laughs> bottle. Yeah, yeah, something like, ridiculous, you know. Somebody said like Charlie Brown, yeah, like Charlie Brown kicking the football. He's he's trying to kick the football one more time. Lucy's holding the ball. <laughs> exactly what it looks like. Oh my God! Somebody says he's got to be thinking FL, F my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, this so isn't so worth sexist. it. One hundred and twenty grand a year, or whatever he's getting paid. Yeah. How many more years till I get my pension? Exactly. <laughs> right. Look at him. Oh my God! I'm trying to skip ahead. Let's get to yeah. the yeah. Let's get. Uh, well, we might have to listen to a couple seconds because I don't want to miss you. Yeah. Did they give you a timeline as to how quickly that could occur? Uh, I believe uh, two months or so is, is the estimate that I got. All right. I'll hear you now, Mr. Jackson. At the end of the day, all we're asking for is to have the item reviewed microscopically that has nothing to do with any destructive testing whatsoever. It's going to be reviewed microscopic microscopically by somebody who actually knows what they're doing. And my problem with Mr. Lally's response, and I understand why he's responding this way, well, there's no deception here, we weren't pulling the wool over the court's eyes or counsel's eyes or anybody else's eyes, uh, it, it looked like a hair. Why didn't they say that? Why didn't they say, 
It looks like a hair, as established by our expert, who failed her proficiency examination. That would have been a truthful statement. But the statement that they've repeated over and over and over to this court in papers and in affidavits under oath, under penalty of perjury, is the hair has been forensically confirmed. There is no, you can't word salad your way out of that. Forensically confirmed means it's been DNA tested to confirm forensically and scientifically that it is a hair. Then they turn around and try to confirm it forensically. Well, I want to know who can answer this question for me. Who used word salad first? Was it Turtle Boy, Aiden, or United? Who, which, who used it first? Word I, salad there. <laughs> I, I think it's Turtle Boy. Yeah, you think so? I thought that was interesting. I don't think he would admit to I don't think he would admit that he's, you know, word salad. I mean, I, I, I he just used it. That was really. amazing. And it's there is no human DNA detected. I understand that the short tandem repeat testing, the mitochondrial testing has not been done yet. That's their 11th hour sort of Hail Mary to try to cover themselves for what they've already done, which is to basically defraud the court in not one, but two, but three, but four different filings. Three in front of this court, one in front of the Court of Appeal. It, it just doesn't pass the smell test. What we're asking for is, is very simple. We can address the mitochondrial destructive and exhaustive DNA testing at some point down the road. We want access to that item so that we can confirm whether or not it's even microscopically been properly analyzed. That's all we're asking. Can you, can you get me an affidavit from your expert as to why photographs are not sufficient? I can, I can and I can, I can, as an officer of the court, I can certainly indicate to the court that this, this has been done enough. I, I'm experienced enough to know that they can't do it vis-a-vis -vis even a micro, uh, even a, um, uh, a micro photograph. It, they have to see the item in so person, but I can get a declaration to that effect. And how long, how the procedure would be conducted and how long it might take. Put all of that in writing for me and I'll consider it when I consider this motion. Thank you, Your Honor. All right. So we'll move on to Mr. Yanetti's motion as to why I should change the conditions of release. Thank you, Your Honor. May it please the court, I appreciate the opportunity to be heard. Your Honor, I stand before you because it is in the interest of justice for this court to lower my client's bail to personal recognizance in exchange for Ms. Reed turning in her passport and signing a waiver of rendition. We make this request because there are numerous important change circumstances that have come to light since bail was last considered and modified. We also make this request because my client's finances continue to be drained and depleted as she struggles to pay the multiple experts she needs to properly defend herself in this case. So before we go any further, I saved this motion to the end because you indicated that I would have an affidavit from your client as to her finances. I do not have that. Yes, I, I, uh, I did not file that electronically. I had told your clerk. But I, I still don't have it now. I have it in my hand, Your Honor. So that doesn't help, does it, Mr. Yanetti? I need to read it. No, I'm happy to pass it up. Uh, these so are, just these give it to me and let me read it. I just need to clarify. These are expenses since the last failure. All right, so give me a minute before I hear you on yes. this. Has the Commonwealth seen this? I, I'm finally at ex parte. So no, I have not.
So, Mr. Lally, I mean, Mr. Um, Yanetti, you've seen, I imagine, in your time as a prosecutor, too, you've seen affidavits of indigency? Yes. But this doesn't give me enough information. Well, doesn't uh, give me enough information on DeBrangan. Doesn't give me enough information at all. Um, well, uh, my client uh, has expended multiple, uh, you know, fees to not only experts, but also to lawyers prior to the last date as well, Your Honor. Um, you know, to, to the, in terms of qualifying as indigent, um, I would argue that we have a little bit of a different situation here. Generally speaking, somebody qualifies as indigent because they can't afford an attorney, they can't afford uh, any experts at all. Um, that's, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is there's an overwhelming uh, financial crush with regard to this particular case, that uh, and there is also there are also I should say many many more expenses <laughs> to come, uh, many of which have been already discussed by this court with regard to the multiple experts. Do Do you want the opportunity to file a proper affidavit under Brangan? This doesn't give me the information that you know that. Uh, we're we're happy we're happy to do that, Your Honor. I would still like to make my argument today. Okay, you can make your argument. I can't make the findings under Brandon, Mr. Right, well, but, but at the end of the day, Your Honor, uh, if it's supplemented by an affidavit, then the court can make a, a finding at that point. Okay, I'll hear you since you're here and you're... I, I don't understand why Bev is so adamant that she can't hear this without all the info yet when she's going to get the info. It's like, let the guy speak. We know you're going to think about this. You know, I, I just, she's very intact. You notice that? Yes, Rita? I Yes, I did. Why isn't she coming down then on the the prosecution with the evidence? Right. The way she's coming down him on a financial statement. I mean, does he really have to, you know, complete it in the way that she wants it? This case is costing Karen hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, and he's here. This guy's making a lot of money to give the speech, and she's like, ah, we don't have to do this today because you didn't do the paperwork. It's like, no. Let him speak. Then you look at the paperwork and you can decide, Bev, like next week, whatever you want to do. She doesn't need She's giving him so much crap. It's like, come on. Right. She doesn't need the paperwork to know the impact this case is having on Exactly. Canada. She doesn't. Ready, and we're doing a great job with timing. I appreciate counsel all being Thank succinct you. today. I appreciate that, Your Honor. Um, uh, the, uh, as, uh, just continuing with uh, my, my train of thought, the $80,000, our argument is, it's sitting in the Norfolk Superior Court Clerk's Office now serving no purpose other than to prohibit my client from using that money to properly defend herself. Uh, Your Honor, every time this uh, bail has been discussed regarding this matter, both in Stoughton District Court and in this court, the Commonwealth has consistently maintained that their only justifications for requesting bail are, number one, the potential penalty my client faces, and number two, the nature and circumstances of the case. With regard to the, with, actually with regard to both, 
uh, I'm concentrating my argument on changed circumstances. With regard to the potential penalty, in light of the changed circumstances that have and will be discussed during this argument, in light of what we've learned since the last time bail was uh, modified, we believe, and my client well knows, the potential penalty she faces is nothing. There will be no penalty here because there will be no conviction. There will be no conviction because the evidence establishes her innocence. There is no jury anywhere who will ever vote to convict her for a crime she did not commit. And that leaves us, Your Honor, with a bail argument that relies really exclusively on the nature and circumstances of the case. And the nature and circumstances of the case, as represented by the Commonwealth during its numerous bail arguments regarding this matter, have been shown to be false. It is a fact that the nature and circumstances of this case have completely changed, even since the last time this Court modified her bail. The nature and circumstances of this case, in fact, are night and day from what was presented to Judge O'Malley in Stoughton District Court at my client's arraignment there over 19 months ago. Um, at that arraignment, Your Honor, having read only the scant information that the Commonwealth made available to me, it was still immediately clear to me that this case was a tragedy but not a crime. From the very start, with most of the evidence hidden from the defense, the Commonwealth's case against Karen Reed was extremely thin. And from the start, she had no reason to flee because even without the results of our investigation, her defense was strong, and it was strong because it was based on innocence. By the time I got back to my office that afternoon, I had already begun to learn that this wasn't just a tragedy, and it wasn't just that my client had committed no crime, but shockingly at the time, I learned from somebody else, I learned that somebody else did, in fact, commit a very heinous crime. A friend and colleague of Brian Alberts called me on February 2nd, 2022, only hours after my client was arraigned, and named Brian Albert and his nephew Colin Albert as potential suspects. I'm pretty sure he's talking about Steve Scanlon right here. It's pretty obvious. Oh, absolutely. Yep. That tip on day one of this case led us to do the investigation the Commonwealth did not do the investigation they refused to do. And uh, as my co-counsel has argued today, that investigation revealed that the Commonwealth's investigation was based on one lie after another. And the exposure of those lies is a major change circumstance which justifies lowering my client's bail to personal recognizance. I'd like the court to consider that at the outset of this case, State Trooper Michael Proctor submitted a report stating that Fairview Road in Canton had not been plowed during the early morning hours of January 29th, 2022. He claimed in that report that Michael Trotta at the DPW had told him during a phone call uh, that he had with him uh, after John O'Keefe was killed. We did not take Michael Proctor's word for that, and thank God we didn't, because we learned that was a lie. Rather than take Michael Proctor's word, we instead said our investigator to speak to Mr. Trotta in February of 2022. He directed us to another man who led us to the plow driver who did plow the street. Our investigator interviewed plow driver Brian Laughlin within a couple of weeks of John O'Keefe's death. Mr. Laughlin told us what he has now told Michael Proctor, now that Proctor finally got around to speaking to him a year and a half after the fact. 
Shortly after John O'Keefe died, Brian Laughlin told us that he did plow the street in front of 34 Fairview, made a pass by there at 2.30 in the morning on January 29th, and when he passed that house, there was not a lot of snow that had fallen. Visibility was good. The lights were working on his plow. He passed right by the area where John O'Keefe's body would have been if Karen Reed had actually struck him with her vehicle. And he confirmed that at 2.30 a.m., plowing that area, there was no body there. And Mr. Laughlin was firm with Trooper Proctor. There was no body. And he told him not only was there no body, but if there had been a body there, he would have seen it. He left Michael Proctor in the Commonwealth no wiggle room. The plow driver's testimony should end this case. To put it simply, no body at 2.30 a.m. means Karen Reed is innocent. Forget about all the other evidence that points to her innocent, but this one fact alone prevents the Commonwealth from ever convicting her. No body at 2.30 a.m., she is innocent. But, Your Honor, it's not just that he saw no body at 2.30 a.m. After that, he saw a Ford Edge parked right in the area where John O'Keefe's body was later found. Whoever moved that Ford Edge to that location in the early morning hours of January 29th, hours after Karen Reed left Fairview to go home, that person or persons knows or knows, know or knows exactly what happened to John O'Keefe. That mysterious driver and his or her accomplices likely know who beat up and killed John O'Keefe, and that person knows how John O'Keefe received all of the scratch marks and bite marks to his arm. This is all brand new information to you, Your Honor, as you did not have the benefit of any of this exculpatory evidence when you were deciding on an appropriate amount of bail. Frankly, when the Commonwealth relies on the nature and circumstances of the case in order to justify bail being set, those nature and circumstances have changed in such a fundamental and drastic way that I'm surprised the Commonwealth is opposing this motion. When you set bail, you did so in part on a representation by Mr. Lally at my client's arraignment that there was that apparent hair on the rear passenger side quarter panel of my client's Lexus. We now know that Mr. Lally relied on the gross examination performed by a criminalist who failed her proficiency exam in performing gross examinations of evidence. We now know from the Commonwealth's own testing that not only did the hair not belong to John O'Keefe, it turns out it wasn't even a human hair. That is a significant change circumstance from what was represented to you by the Commonwealth, and that would justify lowering her bail. When you last set bail, Your Honor, you had no idea that one of the Commonwealth's main witnesses, Jennifer McCabe, who had been at Brian Albert's house on the night in question, and would have had to walk by John O'Keefe's body in the yard if it actually was there at that time, went home and at 2.27 a.m. Googled, Hoslong to die in cold. You did not know when you set bail that Jennifer McCabe deleted that Google search. We have stressed to you ever since that our expert not only found that search, but we stand ready to prove beyond a doubt if she, that Jennifer McCabe did it at 2.27 a.m. Our expert is certain. And importantly, the Commonwealth's hand-picked expert, Ms. Hyde, confirms that the timestamp was 2.27 a.m., but says that the reason is unknown. This is all new information that you did not have when you, can, when you uh, have set bail in this case. And it goes without saying, Your Honor, that Jennifer McCabe's Google search 
trying to determine just how much time had to pass before Joan O'Keefe would die in the cold, is completely consistent with her guilt or complicity in this crime and completely consistent with my client's innocence. You did not know this, Your Honor, at any time that you set bail, and this is a changed circumstance justifying a reduction. This is on top of the lies that have been uncovered. Not only did Proctor lie about the plowing of the street, not only did Mr. Lally represent that a human hair was found on my client's car when it wasn't, but importantly, Your Honor, you have been lied to by Brian Albert. In opposing our motion to get the animal control records, Mr. Albert's attorney told you that Mr. Albert's dog, Chloe, had no history of attacking human beings. Thank goodness you ordered the records, Your Honor, because we learned that was a lie. And to be clear, I do not believe for a second that Brian Albert's attorney, Greg Henning, would lie to this court. That leaves only one possibility. Brian Albert lied to him. Brian Albert told him that Chloe had never attacked a person. Brian Albert was desperate to keep these records secret from the defense and was willing to lie to keep them secret. The fact that those records have now been brought to court and reveal that Chloe attacked not just one but two people in the past, sending them both to the hospital, is a major change circumstance. Brian Albert lied, which is powerful evidence of his consciousness of guilt. You should have been able to consider that before you set bail in this case that that information was kept from you. It is now yet another change circumstance that justifies the lowering of Ms. Reed's bail. Now, I expect that the Commonwealth will argue two points in opposing this motion, both from lab reports. One, that John O'Keefe's <coughs> DNA was found on my client's Lexus, and two, that there were microscopic pieces of taillights supposedly found on his clothing. Both of these arguments are red herrings. Regarding his DNA being found on the vehicle, our response is, of course it was found on the vehicle. It would have been shocking if John O'Keefe's DNA were not all over that vehicle, on every part of both the outside and the inside of the vehicle. He was in the vehicle that night, shortly before he was killed. He was around the outside of the vehicle several times that day and night. That vehicle was parked at his house for months. He lived with the owner of that vehicle. It's completely unsurprising that his DNA is on it. That finding does not undercut the new and powerful exculpatory evidence of no body being found in the yard at 2.30 a.m., a Ford Edge being near the yard where the body uh, was, was later found after 2.30 a.m., Jen, uh, Jennifer McCabe Googling how, how long to die in cold at 2.27 a.m., and then three minutes later, Brian, Albert, um, Brian Laughlin driving by 34 Fairview and confirming no body there. Regarding the tiny pieces of uh, taillight, for those to have any evidentiary value, you have to trust the person who had custody of John O'Keefe's clothing before it was sent to the lab. So, Ms. Little, I'm not looking at any... If, if you show them to the audience before you show them to me, I'm not going to look at them. Okay. Please put that down. Mr. Yanetti, do you have chalks for your bail argument? Please put that down. Do you have chalks for your bail argument? Uh, I have one chalk that I was intending to show the court at so the appropriate I don't, time. I don't need to see a chalk, Mr. Yanetti. You didn't give me sufficient evidence under Commonwealth versus Brangan. Well, so I will hear you because you want to make this statement. So go ahead, but no chalks. Well, you're right. Just, just so we're clear, um, it, it's not just her financial status that justifies reducing the bail. The thrust of my argument is all with regard to change circumstances. I understand, I understand that, so I'm going to let you continue. Yes. But a very important piece of this is missing. 
So go ahead with your argument. No chalks, please. Yeah. And, and obviously my argument is, leaving the financial issues aside, the bail should be lowered based on my argument here today that I'm, I'm making to this court. Um, I had just said, stated, Your Honor, that uh, in order for that, the, the microscopic supposed pieces of taillight to have any evidentiary value, you have to trust who had custody of them, which means that you have to trust Michael Proctor. And I question, how on earth can anyone trust Michael Proctor? Um, I've previously referred to him as being conflicted, which is certainly true, but it actually does not go far enough to describe what he has done in this case just by taking the case. The more appropriate word to describe him is corrupt. Only a corrupt state trooper would agree to investigate a murder case in which a body was found in the yard of a family friend. Only a corrupt state trooper would keep his ties to that family friend hidden. Only a corrupt state trooper would refuse to go inside the home, which featured the body of a dead police officer on its lawn. Only a corrupt state trooper would write in his report that a street had, been, had not been plowed when it had. It was the corrupt Michael Proctor who took custody of John O'Keefe's clothing, and that clothing was not submitted to the lab until several weeks after Michael Proctor seized it. You, I believe, have seen the chalk, Your Honor. Um, that chalk shows that Michael Proctor is at the hospital. John O'Keefe's body is on a hospital bed. You see Michael Proctor's feet, and at the bottom of his feet, you see a pile of John O'Keefe's clothing, unattended, sloppily uh, you know, thrown on the floor. That's the care with which Michael Proctor treated what they now claim is important evidence. And that clothing was not submitted to the lab, Your Honor, until after Michael Proctor had seized my client's Lexus, and therefore seized pieces of the taillight. And you should consider uh, how he treated the evidence afterward as well, uh, in, in terms of not sending it to the lab until March of 2022. He had it for weeks. Michael Proctor's mother has described the Albert family as the Proctor's second family. Michael Proctor told witnesses who showed up to testify before the grand jury that Brian Albert is the salt of the earth. Michael Proctor's wife has posted about how much they love Colin Albert. The Proctors have constantly been photographed with the Alberts going back over a decade. We've shown that Michael Proctor's in a wedding party with Colin Albert. Colin Albert was the ring bearer at Michael Proctor's sister's wedding. It's so clear that Michael Proctor, Proctor was both conflicted and corrupt. He had every reason to sprinkle tiny pieces of taillight that he had seized into the clothing that he alone took so that the lab would later find it weeks later, and sure enough, they did. And this supposed discovery does not undercut the fact that Jennifer McCabe Googled how long to die in the cold at 2.27 a.m., and Brian Laughlin went by and saw no body outside that house three minutes later. So legally, you have all the support you need to release my client on personal recognizance. Um, there's also a practical side to this, which gets into the financial issues, Your Honor, and I'm almost uh, concluding my argument here. Um, you've seen my client's medical expenses in the past. You've been aware of her loss of income. You've also been aware of the numerous experts, uh, witnesses, investigators we've had to retain to do the job that the Commonwealth either failed or refused to do. Those expenses continue to mount. She has not asked this court for a dime to pay for any of those expenses. Um, we're now approaching a trial date, which we will request today. 
Those expenses continue to mount and indeed will skyrocket. She cannot afford to skimp on these experts. The stakes are too high. She needs every dollar she can to keep going, and $80,000 is a lot of money that would go a long way toward supporting her defense. To make it clear, Your Honor, we are not making this request without offering something in return. I would submit there's nobody in this courtroom who believes my client is a flight risk. Given the national publicity that this case has generated, which I submit will only intensify as we approach a trial date, my client is one of the most recognizable criminal defendants in America. Where on earth would she go, even if she wanted to go somewhere? But she's not going anywhere. Her family's here, her doctors are here, and given the strength of her defense, as illustrated by the changed circumstances we've discussed, she has every incentive to fight this case and no incentive to flee. She's made every court appearance and has invested herself 100% into this case, financially, emotionally, and intellectually. But if there's any concern at all, Your Honor, my client will dispel those concerns by turning in her passport. I have it. She's ready to give this to the probation department. She's ready to save, or, or I'm sorry, sign a waiver of rendition, any waiver of rendition the court would desire. So on this issue, she's really figuratively putting her money where her mouth is. Giving her passport and a waiver of rendition is far more valuable to this court in terms of assuring her appearance in court than $80,000 is. But that $80,000 is more valuable to her because she desperately needs it to defend herself. So for these reasons, Your Honor, I ask that you help us to level the playing field here. The Commonwealth has unlimited resources. My client does not. I ask that you release her on recognizance and give her the tools she needs to fight this case. All right, thank you. Do you want time um, to provide that affidavit to me? All right, thank you. How quickly you. can you do it? Do you want to do that paperwork that I made a big deal about? And after all, all he said, that was her response. It's I just know. like, are you freaking listening, lady? They I lied to you. They lied in open court to you that Elizabeth Proctor didn't know the family of this is just. It's rubbish. Unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Rubbish. And then she's like, um, um, Mr. Gennady, um, right. So sick of her. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, I understand like somebody, I think Julio commented, you know, they have to do the financials. I, I get it. I know you have to do the financials, but look at all the lies that the, the prosecution has told. And she's hung up on the financials when he's got all this evidence there. It's just, it, it, it makes them look so bad. You know, it just it makes them look so bad. You know, and we know that she can't rule on the motion until she takes care of that crap. But it's like, it's like she doesn't care that they lied. It's just. Right. Right. She just lets, lets it, pretends it just goes over. Okay, I need financials, you know, to deflect on everything she just heard. You know, it's her way of not acknowledging it. So bad. Yeah. Looking at the comments right now. Um I want to ask you too, because um, you were there at the at the outside the courtroom, and some comments are coming up about uh, the hot dog water guy. The hot dog? Yeah the 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 guy who looks like the Unabomber. Oh yes, I saw him. He walked right past me. He absolutely looked like the Unabomber. Something somebody said. I heard that he stalks Turtle Boy, or he just I don't know. He's kind of like an obsessed 
fan. I, I don't know the story behind him, but he walked right past me and two stadies just, you know, somebody said they pushed him away like a napkin and they really did. Uh, I didn't know who he was, but he, he was totally creepy looking and he did look like the Unabomber. I wish I didn't know who he was. Do you know who he is? Oh, he used to be part of this crew, our crew, our show here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And let's put it this way. It didn't end well. We had a crew, Warren, who was yeah. a sidekick on the show, really nice kid, um, nice guy. Got a, He finally got a, a job, like a really you know decent job gig for him yeah. that he was qualified for, uniquely qualified for, and this guy got him fired. Oh, um, Lauren was on the show probably her, her like not best time in her life. Honestly, she had just gotten out of prison for drugs. She was my co-host at the time. She was really wow. good actually on the show. Yeah. And uh, he did all kinds of crazy shit to her. Um, myself, obviously he did crazy shit to our producer. Who's like the sweetest non-con. Yeah, like he even fucked with him. Like yeah. everybody on our show, he fucked with and wow. And he wonders why he got fired. Like, he blames it on me, of course. But this guy is just unhinged. And uh, uh, did you smell his breath? I didn't smell his breath, but he was close to me. I mean, he walked right past me, face to face. You know, I mean, he was, they pushed him and he was right in front of me. And um, I mean, they didn't touch him, but they, you know, they were like, you're going. And he was creepy. He was very creepy. They didn't Something wasn't right with him. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, didn't look like didn't look like he was having a good time there. No, he was like playing he was doing it for dunce. his three friends. Yeah, he was playing Mickey the Dunce on why he was being escorted out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I know uh, some people comment. Turtle Boys coming on. They want to go watch. That's fine. Yeah. We're gonna finish up here. I want to watch more of this video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you good, Rita? Because I've been kept you on for a while, and I yeah, do want. Okay. I'm good, but I want to watch Turtle Boy too. <laughs> Okay, so we'll keep you for another. If you have to drop off, don't worry. Just, okay. just drop off if you need to. Yeah. Because I do want to try to get Nick on too eventually. And I want to open the lines up for phone calls. We have uh, one week. Okay. Thank yes. you. Yes. Still, Allie? Just very briefly, Your Honor. Very briefly, Your Honor. No thanks, buddy. We're, we're, Gary? I think I'm going to pull out of myself yeah. enough tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's so awful. Terrible. It's terrible. What I do want to do right now is I want to open it up for phone calls. Sure. I'm try to get the phone line set up um, because I know people have wanted to talk to Rita too. So let's try to do that right now. I'm going to uh, read it. Is there anything that you want to share with us while I'm setting that up that we haven't talked about tonight? Um, I mean, not that I can think of it. It's just, you know, I, I I just really want people to spread the word and get people uh, raise awareness on this, you know, and get out on the streets if you can and peacefully protest and hold signs. And we got to raise more awareness as much as we can. Absolutely. And we are taking phone calls right now. We got the phone line here, 978 560 3155 if you want to call in right now. Call in before Turtle Boy starts. Yeah. We still got a lot of listeners here. 978-560-3155. And hopefully Nick Rocco will call in too. I'm, I'm expecting a call from him. If he's not getting ready, maybe he's doing something with Turtle Boy tonight too. We want to hear uh, about the fundraising, how it went last night. 
Did you go to that party too, Rita? I didn't go, but I watched it and it looked like it was uh, a lot of fun. It looked, you know, he, he did a fabulous job. He did a fabulous job answering the questions. Um, you know, he just, um, I can't say enough about him. I really can't. I, I, I really can't. It's just, he really is incredible. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. Very well done. And I, you know, I hope he does that again because the spirit and, you know, it brings so many people together for so many, uh, all the right reasons. And it's just yeah. an incredible feeling. It really is. I, I, I it really <laughs> is. Speaking of uh, bringing people together, I want to um, show something that Nick Rocco actually sent me, if I can get it up here. I think I got it. Oh, here we go. This is going to be fun. Who's bringing people together besides Riccio? <laughs> You know who that uh, was? Yeah. I was, I was probably 20 feet. Adam Lally. Yeah. Yes. I was 20 feet from there. I was 20 feet on the Hello. on the left. Uh, we got a phone call, too. Who's on the phone right now? Hi. Hola. Hola. Marine from Mexico. Woohoo! <laughs> Hello from Mexico. You Where are me? you in Mexico? Tampico. Pico. I don't even know where the hell that is. What part of Mexico was that? Uh, it's like, well, it used to be Cartel Central, but it is no longer like that. Uh, it's like on the southeast coast. Awesome. Down kind of near the bottom. We're about eight hours from the border. Perfect. And what did you want to uh, comment on tonight? What do you, We've been covering a lot of stuff here. Well, I just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than I think, you know, Lally's like the epitome of Homer Simpson as a lawyer. Um, I think Rita is, Rita is so right about how uh, Canoni, I mean, come on, you know, they waited a year and a half for evidence that they've asked for over and over motions, motions, come back to court, fly across countries and and thousands of dollars, Karen. So you can ask again and again and again, and we'll keep ordering him to do it, but he just ignores it. Like when does that turn into contempt of court? Does that happen to lawyers? I don't know. I'm a lawyer. But if a judge tells you to do something and you don't do it, I'd get contempt of court. I, you know? And then there she is, like, ripping your net again. And when he's saying, here, here's her finances right here. I'm sorry I didn't turn it into you yesterday. But we've been waiting for 24 months for their evidence. It's just so ridiculous and the fact that people don't see that and I just don't understand how Canoni is still sitting there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. If it's not that I, I, I believe that she's like totally biased or anything like that, whatever, but she's clearly 
leaning towards one side more than the other. Clearly. Yeah, I don't think we know. Claro. It, like, it's it's crazy, you know? It just doesn't make sense to me how she can, uh, you know, his point was, obviously, Karen is not in the gym, right? We all know what that means. She can't afford a lawyer. The point is, is that the Commonwealth has made her deplete her savings or close to just by ignoring the motions. So give her money back. Yeah. She's not going anywhere. Like, I don't understand what that big deal is. And and the fact that Kanoni's gone, oh, no, you didn't give me that. Well, yeah, no shit. The defense has no evidence. How many items have been turned over? Five out of 50 or 60 to them? But they're supposed to do their job well without any evidence. And he wants to destroy that that hair, the hair hair, or maybe hot hair hair. Let's just exhaustively test it till it disappears. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take some other calls okay. here. We've got a lot of calls coming through right now. Great. Thank Have a good you night. so much for listening and calling. Do you want to comment on anything she had to say there? I agree with her. I agree with her. um, I totally agree with her. And um, I don't think we've seen the extent of Kanoni's relationship with these people. I really don't. I think there's much more to it. And um, I don't have any evidence. But um, the fact that, you know, Auntie Bev and the connection and Sean McCabe, and they have cottages in the same town. And I, I don't think we've seen the extent of the relationship she has with these people. I really don't. And if she doesn't have a relationship with them, um, why is she ruling the way she is? And why is she um, ignoring the facts? Oh, we got some new calls. Who's on the phone right now? My name is Jean. I'm calling from Dorchester. Hey, Jean, what do you got for us? Um, This whole case is completely out of control. And I I really feel that they are covering up something that no one has ever seen. And the way that the judge and the way that um, the, the DA, they just don't care. They really just don't care. They're just like, whatever. I feel like they have gotten away with things so many other times before, but this is different because, uh, you know, everything that everybody's doing, Turtle Boy, including yourself taking all this over, too. And I think you're doing a great job, too, you know? Thank you. And what's your name? And, um, my name's Jean. Jean, that's right. Okay, I said that. We're getting a lot and of calls. And Rita, so Rita, Rita. Yes, we got Rita here. Rita, uh, Rita, Rita. What do you think about awesome. Rita G? Yeah, you like you like her? <laughs> I think re- I think I think she's great, and I've been watching her too. And I just think everybody that's involved and is sticking by this, and and you know, opening up all different kinds of doors. Everybody always has something because everybody's involved. I think it's great. So I want everybody to continue doing what they're doing. 
I'm going to continue passing everything over, sending it here, forwarding it there. And I think the more that people do this, this is, this is the outcome is going to be good. I really do. I agree. For everybody. And I hope those sons of guns go to get in trouble. And I hope they go to jail. If they don't go to jail, I hope they get something. Everybody just needs, it needs to just start over. This is absolutely horrible. It really is. It's a travesty of justice. Where are you calling from, Gene? I'm calling from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Oh, you said that too. <laughs> see, see, I'm, I'm focused on too much because I realized you did say that. So you, you're in Dorchester yes, right now. You, okay. I, I could tell you're a Massachusetts lady. Yeah, I know. It's the accent. You know, it gets us. <laughs> but I love you and I, you found a new subscriber in me I, I'm watching you too now and um, you know I think you're great and I, I've, I've watched a lot of your old stuff too just to kind of figure out who you are now too and um, I think you're doing a great job on this too and I, I, I love everybody's honesty that's the thing everybody is honest whether it's they're like that son of a bitch, that ugly bastard. <laughs> like that's the way it should be. <laughs> oh, I love you, Gene. If I want everybody's Gene, yeah. just honest. We're gonna take some more calls. Uh, thank you, Gene. I hope you keep calling. Gene All right, from great. Thank you. Take my call and reader, reader, reader. I'll be watching you too, girl. You go. Thank you. We appreciate it. I appreciate oh, it. All right, great. Thank you. Take my call and reader, reader, reader. I'll be watching you too, girl. You go. Thank you. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, we get a lot of calls here. I'm trying to get them all at once, and I and I kind of screwed up on that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you heard that. We this guy's been calling. I'm gonna try to take his call because he's uh, but I don't think he knows what he's doing. He keeps screwing up. Uh, who's on the phone here? Hi, Michael. Yes, Michael. This is Nick Fiorello. How are you, sir? Oh boy, <laughs> we <laughs> Nick, we don't have time for your story right now. We need to talk more offline. It's. So I just got, want to compliment you Rita for actually. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine, Mike. That's fine. If that's all it takes to tell the truth. Rita, I want to thank you for really putting yourself out there and the other people and all your followers uh, are, are getting down to what's really going on. And obviously we're not fools. We know what's happening. And the courts, the judge, the ADA, the DA, and the people they all work for are going to cover this up until the wheels fall off this bus. They are already well, well beyond any way to turn back the ship because the corruption that's really behind what happened to John O'Keefe and Karen is so massive and so deep, it runs all the way to Washington, D.C. I'm happy to talk with anyone that would like to uh, tune in to Mike's show or take a look at the website, www.gottruthonsecretcourts. I'm not here to promote myself. I'm not here to promote my business or my company i'm here to let the commonwealth know that this is exactly what everyone thinks it is and everybody's banging their heads in the wall every night and tuning into wonderful turtle boy and screaming and yelling and getting down and following the commonwealth rabbit hole they all want you to go down but it's all a cover-up and no matter what happens in that courtroom the truth will be told at trial by a jury the evidence will not convict her it cannot it's all corrupted and contaminated and when we get the truth this is the start of something that will change our democracy forever is because where it started was in boston massachusetts and the corruption since 1776 has only got worse and we have a chance to rebuild the country on karen and john suffering for simply telling the truth Thank so you. i really appreciate what's going on 
and I hope you guys keep up the good work. And Mike, when you have a, a segment, I'd love to come on and talk to you about a lot of stuff that's actually happening behind the scenes with the grand jury and stuff. Uh, you know, I told you I'm in a safe house. My life is uh, in jeopardy and I need to tell the world what's really happening with Karen Reed before something happens to me or my family. So when you get around to getting down to the truth, I'd love to talk to you guys about it. You can have it on someday. I hope so. We'll talk soon. Thank you for calling. Nick. And be safe. Thanks Mike. Be safe. be safe. Yeah. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Have a great night. I want to get back to the other neck. There's another neck that's, you know, the other neck, right? Nick Rocco? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is he on? No, not yet, but we're about to try to get him on. Oh, shit, I just hung up on him. <laughs> See, my my fingers are... You know what it is, too? I need a new phone. It's at that point where it's just... He's probably watching Turtle Boy. He is. He probably is. I gotta watch Turtle Boy too. Right, right. No. What's going on, Mike? Nick, is it too late? Have we interrupted your Turtle Boy viewing? Uh, I, I can give you a few minutes here. So tell us <laughs> about. Yeah, great. Uh, tell us about what what's been going on. Uh, so obviously yesterday that everyone saw, we had the goal um, of two hundred thousand dollars. Unfortunately, we did fall a little short, but we ended up raising. Over $18,000 yesterday um, between the fundraiser and uh, just people donating yesterday alone was, um, it was somewhere around like 18300 and something dollars, something like that, um, which, you know, that, that's a great number for one day. If we could have every day like that, that'd be amazing. She would be able to, uh, she'd be able to afford every expert that she needs. And uh, do you expect that there's going to be some more fundraising going on? Like what's, what's next? I know you got some billboards coming up. Uh, I'm still still waiting to hear on the Weymouth one. Um, things are looking good on that. I just ordered more bracelets. Uh, people wanted the bracelets, so I, I just ordered more bracelets tonight, and I also ordered some keychains as well. Um, the last bracelets were blue. These ones are going to be black. It's going to have the same message on it. Uh, so once once those get closer to being delivered, I will make a post on the page when people can stop pre-ordering them. Um, as far as events goes, uh, I'm not. We don't have anything planned right now. Um, possibly in the future, but it is going to start getting colder out, so we may have to do another fundraising event if we can get, uh, you know, a hall or something like that, like an American Legion, uh, maybe somewhere. Yeah, possibly like in Canton or something, um, and have a big fundraiser. Um, but as of right now, no, nothing is, nothing is planned. Um, yesterday was a very long day. Uh, me and my wife were at the courthouse at about six 30 in the morning. Um, the mobile billboard truck, I think was a huge hit yesterday. Uh, it was all over court TV. Uh, Vinny couldn't stop talking about it. So I think, uh, I am going to have another fundraiser, uh, crowdfunding type of thing for that. So if anyone is interested in that, you know, make sure you look out for that post. Um, I believe her next court date is on December 8th, right? Yeah, I think that's a, I know it's in December. Yeah, well, actually November. Isn't it November? November. I thought it was like. No, November, November is uh, just deadlines where uh, oh, the, Lally needs to submit. Yeah, they need to submit their stuff. I believe it's the 8th at nine o'clock. Um, and if that's the case, you know, obviously it's yeah, going to be colder right. out. So everyone's going to have to bundle up, but. I do want to get the other mobile bill, another mobile billboard truck because I, I someone actually, someone actually made a message, uh, sent me a message today and said they drove by Dini Pizza and the mobile billboard truck was out in front of it. Now, oh. I didn't tell him to go there. I just told him to, uh, I just told him to go drive around Norfolk County. Like I didn't even, I didn't even say go to Canton. 
So maybe the truck driver did a little research and, uh, and, and figured, you know, maybe, I don't know, but, but somebody said that that truck was parked out front of D and E PT yesterday. It's hilarious. Pretty fun. Thank you. I, I think we may have, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Can you hear us? I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like we're getting some cross cross. I don't know what's going on. But... Do you hear that too, Rita? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think we're getting some cross talk, but I really thank you for calling in, Nick. Um, wh- what can people do right now? Just real quick. What, what, what would you suggest people who are coming across this the first time or even they've been supporting it for a while? What can they be doing to help Karen? Rita? Um. I mean, the biggest thing you can help, as you saw yesterday, obviously, as our lawyers stated, you know, um, she, she has a lot of expenses and she needs money. Um, and that, that's, that's why I got involved was to try to raise as much money as I can. That's why I try to run a giveaway every week. Um, the giveaway we have up right now is a, uh, a signed Ray Bork jersey and some Boston tumbler cups and koozies. There's going to be two winners on that. That does close tonight. And, um, because a lot of people donated yesterday, what I decided to do today was anybody who donated a minimum of $20 would get double entries. So normally it's $20 for one entry, but all day today it was uh, $20 for two entries. And I think, I think I had about $800 in donations today just for the giveaway on top of other people just donating without even realizing it was going on. But I, I want to say about $800 more worth came into the giveaway just today alone. So that, that's going to end, you know, like that's probably going to close out by midnight. Um, so if you did want to join that, it's in the feature featured section on the justice page. Um, so just send me a message. Justice for John O'Keefe on Facebook, the turtle boy official one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's the only group I'm in. (laughs) Uh, so yes, for the, it's in the featured section there. You can check out the rules, but, uh, so it is double entry. So multiples of 20 will get you double entries, whatever you, whatever you decide to donate. Um, but when I checked this morning, I think I checked this morning and it was, it was like 85,000, uh, 185,000. I think it's at like, it's almost at $188,000 right now. So I mean, if it keeps going the way it's going, yeah, it's going to hit two. hopefully, hopefully real soon. I mean, you know, if we can have eighteen thousand dollars every day, um, you know that'll be that'll be great. Awesome! Thank you so much, Nick, and and your wife Jenna, and everyone who's supporting. Is there anyone you want to shout yeah, so, out to Nick that who's been helpful on this, like you know, with the donations and support on all? I mean, the, I mean, honestly, dude, you know, uh, the whole page. Uh, I'm starting to see a lot of new names, um, a lot of new names in my inbox of people who are donating. And that means that more people are learning about this case. That means more people. I think I want to say 400 people joined the joined the Facebook group between yesterday and today. So more people are learning about this case. Is and that's what we want, you know. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I saw someone comment. Maybe you might know the answer to this. Now someone said Ted Daniel got uh, threatened. Or did he get threatened because of the billboard or because he was at the protest yesterday? And do you know what that was about? I don't. I just saw the comment someone posted, you know, I, I have no idea. About yeah. That. I, mean, I mean, I don't want to start a room. Yeah, I, I don't know. I saw him. I saw him there yesterday. Um, apparently, apparently they did air it on the news. Uh, I, I didn't, I, I missed it. They aired it for like 20 seconds. I did miss it. Um, but you know, it's, it was on the, it was on the second page of the Herald the other day. 
it was it was uh, you know on the front page of the Herald today, not the billboard, but the uh, the protests. So you know these people are talking about it more, which is good. Um, you know, just hopefully that they they stick to the facts and not not taking the the prosecution side in this. But I'm sure we all know how that will play out. Definitely. Thank you so much, Nick and Jenna. Thank you so much. You got it, man. Have a good night. Job. Awesome job, Nick. All right, bye. All right, I'm gonna. Is it okay if I drop off? Yeah, you can definitely. I gotta watch Turtle Boy. Yeah, everyone wants to go watch Turtle Boy. I think Thank I do too. You so much, Mike. I really Thank appreciate you, it. And everybody watching your show, just keep spreading the word. We've got to spread the word. This is for democracy. And like the um, the other, I forget his name, Tony, the the man that called in. Um, he's right. This is a turning point in our country. And we have to seize this opportunity, spread the word, so people know what's going on, and we can right this ship. So thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon, Mike. Thank you, Rita. Have a great night. All right, you too. And I wanted to uh, thank some of our donors from the other night, the fundraiser we did. We had uh, Paula uh, Ferrara, who uh, gave us some money. I want to thank her. she said, uh, so glad the doctor introduced us to your show. She actually gave two donations the other day, one for 25 and one for $1. Uh, Matthew Ferreira, who also gave uh, $100. He said, hashtag free Karen Reed. Uh, Mike Walsh gave money. He said, for free Karen Reed and Crawford, you're the best. Thank you, Mike Walsh. He gave $30. Elizabeth Smith says uh, for a thank you, she gave us $10. Maureen Coakley, who called, I believe, tonight from Mexico, uh, she said, uh, for your coverage on this case, let's effing go. Uh, we also had Melissa N. She gave uh, money to $20. Uh, Christine Conley, she said for Karen Reed, justice for John O'Keefe. So we had a lot of contributions. <laughs> There's also Anthony Idarola. He gave 40. He said, thanks for crossing over the Karen Reed side. And Elizabeth Smith gave money. And Jim Young. I think that's everybody. Oh, and also Justin Green. I'm not sure if that was from before, but just want to make sure I'm getting all the cash apps out there. I also want to thank Mark, who uh, came up and bought a T-shirt. He's very generous, gave us some money as well. Um, so I want to thank all of our supporters, people who are raising money for the Karen Reed fund. If you do want to call in, this is your opportunity before we hang up. The show's just about over like everyone else. I want to go listen to turtle boy, but if you, you know, we did miss a few calls or the phones were ringing off the hook again. Uh, couldn't take every call. I was trying to make the call short. So I get everyone in, but if you've been waiting for your opportunity, this is it right now. Nine, seven, eight, five, six, zero, three, one, five, five. Before we wrap it up for the night. Um, so I also wanted to. We did play the video from Karen Reed's father. We did play the Bukaka state trooper running away. We did talk about this uh, hot dog water guy. The Unabama looking guy. I also wanted to mention that tomorrow. You, we know there's going to be a rally outside the Patriots game, which is awesome for you know Karen Reed. Um, there's also uh, the Boston Freedom Rally. It's an annual event that I've been a huge part of for years. I haven't done, participated really that much over the last couple, 
This is going to be my first time showing up at a freedom rally in the Boston Common in quite a while. And I'm very excited. And the reason I'm doing it is for the workers. They're hosting uh, a panel that's going to be about cannabis workers. And they asked me mo to moderate it. So I'm going to be there at 4 p.m. Uh, moderating a cannabis panel uh, for workers, for cannabis workers at the Boston Freedom Rally in the Education Village, the Education Tent. Come find us at 4 p.m. And I definitely like some backup from uh, folks because I have a feeling some of the trolls could show up at this and harass me. So I would definitely like some uh, backup. If you want to come down and support us, I'd love to see you at the Boston Freedom Rally in the Boston Common tomorrow, Sunday at 4 p.m. I want to thank everyone who uh, has been supporting and watching. I want to thank Rita for calling tonight, joining me for two hours. I want to thank all the callers and listeners who've been along for the ride. I also definitely want to spend, uh, support Nick Rocco uh, tonight for calling. I want to thank Gene from Dorchester. I want to thank the call from Mexico. We've had a bunch of calls. I can't list them all, but I want to thank everyone who's been calling in and supporting the show. Nick Farello, who called in also. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, at the Boston Freedom Rally. Some of you anyways. The Boston Freedom Rally has been going, I think, for 30-some-odd years. I ran it for like a number of years, for like 10 years. I was the president for two. I was on the board. I booked a number of those for the music, like, you know, Onyx Styles P, Tracy Bonham, some of the biggest acts that's ever played the Freedom Rally. And now it's run by a new crew, and I really like them. So I'm going down to, to support them. Um, but I also want to mention the next show, Tuesday night, it looks like. Uh, at 8 p.m., I'm going to have Caleb Teske back. He's got his own show, and he's someone who was canceled. Somebody tried to cancel him the way back, and they kind of gave me shit. And it has a connection to this free Karen Reed thing. And Caleb is really a cannabis guy. We're going to be talking about Vermont cannabis and some of the investigations he's doing. But Wendy Murphy's son, Grant Smith Ellis, tried to cancel Caleb like he's tried to cancel me. So I have a feeling to open the show, we're going to talk quite a bit about probably Wendy Murphy and her son and some of the other bullshit that's gone on. So I think a lot of you will be interested to hear what Caleb's got to say. So I hope you do listen not going to be a free Karen Reed show, but there may be some discussion of it. I think he's aware of Turtle Boy. I think he's aware of what's going on. So we probably will discuss that. I think it's going to be a fun show. I hope you uh, tune in on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. with Caleb Teske. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Mike Nicholas is asking how many people at the Freedom Rally. Uh, it used to be when, when I booked it, it was huge. I mean, we had like 50,000 people there. Um, I'm not so sure it's going to be as large this year. It seems like it's gotten smaller in recent years, but it's definitely still tens of tens of thousands of peepers, people. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and here we go. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This guy Zonker says Caleb is an abuser. Well, Zonker, I have uh, your abusive stuff that you sent me about Kirk Minahan's wife, who you said looked like a trans. So I'd say you're an abuser, Zonker. This is what I'm talking about. These fake left people like Zonker and Riccio, they're jokes. Like, they try to cancel people, but they do worse stuff themselves. He says to Google him. Why don't we Google Zonker? Why don't we Google Riccio, how he's been racist, and you back him, Zonker? Yeah, like someone said, Zonker the troll. These are the people that have no lives. Prove it. Show it. I proved it, Zonker. When I proved it, you you blocked me. 
You saw the DMs. You you sent me the DMs. You had a picture of Kirk Minahan's wife, and you said, I don't know if I'm going to post it. She looks trans. That's what you said about Kirk Minahan's wife. You're a disgusting piece of crap. You pretend you're progressive and left, but that's what you say behind closed doors. So that's what I'm that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a bunch of jerks. Zonker is a troll. Yeah, he is. This is all he does. He's got nothing else. You defended a racist by saying he wasn't a racist is another. I don't even know what he's saying right now. But we gotta go. Zonker is one of these people who not never gets anything accomplished. All he does is complain about people. And that's the point of what we're not doing anymore. We're just making fun of the folks like Riccio and Zonker when they come out. So, again, I want to thank everyone. I will see you on Tuesday night with Caleb Teske exposing a lot more bullshit in cannabis and around some of the jokers like Wendy Murphy and her son on Tuesday night. So I hope you listen and call in and uh, check it out on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. We'll see you then. We know Zonker will because he's obsessed. Late, everyone. Young Jerks, Mike Crawford. I want to thank everyone again for supporting and subscribing. One last thing I want to ask you tonight. If you're on Spotify, if you, if you listen to us on iTunes or any of the apps, please rate us, especially now we're on Spotify. You can rank us and rate us on there. And as well as Apple iTunes, you can give reviews on the, those apps as well. It really does help us out. We're growing just as much on those as we are on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere, everywhere else. So I'd really appreciate if you also uh, gave us a rating when you're listening. And uh, if you are going to listen on you know, anywhere right now, listen to Spotify. Spotify is a place that we have ads running. They're, they're, you know, accept us in the program. We definitely have enough listeners on um, the, the uh, apps for podcasts, but not enough on Spotify. So we need more on Spotify. We hope you check us out. We're also on Rumble now. You can search and find us on Rumble. So follow us there. We are live there. I actually don't know if we were live there tonight, but we are live there quite often in our in our videos do go there. So follow and subscribe to us on, on Rumble as well. I want to thank everyone who's had our back and supporting us. We'll see you next time. Young Jerks, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. We'll see you then. Mike Crawford, thank you so much.